One, and we're live. You're tuning into Cosmic Children. I'm your host, Kevin. Today, I have a very interesting entity in the house with me. I have Homeground Studios with me. I have Jason and MJ. Could you both introduce yourselves? Uh, what is Homeground Studios? What does Homeground Studios do? Yes, please. All right. Uh, my name is Jason. I'm the founder of Homeground Studios. Basically, what we do is we are a music and audio production house, and we produce music for both artists and corporations. Okay. Yeah. MJ, do you concur? <laughs> Uh, is this on record? <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. Oh, shit. Okay, I'll tell you behind the scenes later. Anyhow, my name is MJ. Hi, hi everyone. Uh, I'm the second man of Homegrown Studios. Uh, met Jason along the way, say, I would say, prop, yeah, yeah, 2017, thereabouts. Uh, prior to that, uh, lots of film production on my end. Mm. And yeah, that's about it. Film production meaning uh, to do with music as well. No, no, actually, film production like um, serving coffee for people for oh, one. wonderful, yeah, yeah. It started from there, you know, started yep. right at the bottom. Yep, uh, making sure that at this point of time, I will always remember certain specific members of society and yeah. their specific taste of coffee and tea. God's work, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I I served my time, and yep. along the way, here we are, like trying to merge. Uh, or at least for on my end personally yep. uh, both my interest in film and interest in music put together um, I think I could be of service on for music and audio post uh, with film and TV stuff yeah. interesting Um, Jason you mentioned audio production yep. so I think before I met you guys or even before I met Jason I never knew audio production was a thing right. so could you please tell the audience or could you please explain your own words what exactly is audio production because when people think about music I doubt they think about audio production they probably think about the artists yeah. they think about the track they're listening to the title and everything I mean these days they might even think about the music video the yeah. directors of it but what exactly is audio production and what uh, position in the music pipeline do you guys come in Okay, so audio production actually can be break down into like two forms. It's pre and post production. So pre production is before you record the signal, like before you record the audio. Mm. So like let's say for example you want to record wind. How are you gonna record it? What mic you're gonna use? Wind, like yeah, like phone. wind, like 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 wind, like foley, basically like. Okay, okay. Because okay. like like if you just use like any random mic, it's just gonna sound like. Bzzz. You want the actual wind sound yep. that requires a specific mic yep. of a specific build in a specific like setup location mm. and like in a way it's done. So like before you even like record win you gotta consider all these things and same with like musicians like let's say for example you want to record an artist she wants to record in a studio what mic suits her voice you know what preamp we go into so a preamp is like basically uh something that gives color to a voice after it records in a microphone and then there are things like compressors which like kind of like uh limit the audio frequency mm. uh, so the audio signal as it goes in and then there's also like when it comes to like film it's like okay so for example you have an actor right acting and you want to capture like their voice do you use a boom mic do you use a clip-on mic and so there are these, benefits to each and every yes, one of these because okay. boom mics will record more of the background yep clip-on mics will record more of just the voice so like, like sometimes they'll have boom mics on set just to get the background noise because yep. that will create like a like more realism inside the the film so that's just pre-production now post-production is taking everything that's being recorded or anything that you are going to like produce let's say for music it's like your tracks your uh for film is sound design mm. putting them all into like uh, what we call uh, a door which is a digital audio a digital audio workstation yep and then you basically balance out all the signals so that you get something that's very clear 
in a very clear audio like space uh, audio image that we'll do that's mm. in what we handle in post-production and the way to get about that is using things uh, using equalizers compressor compressors and so on and so forth uh. Would you would you say that it's a very technical uh type of artistry to it? Because you mentioned about all these different types of equipments, you need to have knowledge on all these different types of things that people might not even consider. Yeah, actually, they're now like maybe at the start it was for like really the nerds of society. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like because it's it's all about numbers. So numbers. Like, like yeah, so like when you do like compression there's ratios they have to consider like mm. you want to compress the signal four to one so that uh every time it goes up let's say for four on this threshold it'll be brought down to one of it so like like a lot of numbers to play with but then nowadays because of how easy the the plugins get so plugins are basically the it's compressors inside your computer and the way to access that is through digital plugins and uh yeah so like nowadays with that you can just anyhow fiddle with knobs and then you can get it so mm. now we see like there are two kinds there's the really like cool like uh, you see most in hip-hop like oh you know what i can mix too i can just mm. put the compressor yep, and i can yep. i can i can mix and then you have the nerds who are like okay you know what this compressor is a four to one ratio and then it compresses the signal in this way and this is how the threshold comes in and yep. the tag goes in like that and like like you see this divide between two between the nerds and uh and the uh, new age what i call the new age like uh engineers mm. How how would you classify uh, Homeground Studios then? Is wow. is it is it uh, a mix between the two of them? How 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 would you put it? I would I would think that we are trying to strike an equilibrium at uh, what is surgical and what's mathematical, mm. and what is also maybe towards the artistic credit. Okay. Uh, and most of the process, at least um, from what I've experienced with Jason, had always been about like getting the numbers right first but then occasionally we'll be like hold on hold on a sec but that sounded good though <laughs> okay okay you know yeah, yeah let's let's skip the math let's let's just stick with this yeah. Yeah. Is, is there always a, a process to it because you said i would imagine cor do correct me if i'm wrong but is there like a certain template when something comes in let's say if it's for uh uh an artist you when you, when you record it when you when you see how the artist records and everything you kind of know how to do post really does it work like that for you guys yeah so like let's say you record an art, let's say you record a rapper yep so you already know that it's gonna be fast it's gonna be like very punchy so you already kind of have an idea of how to eq the voice and compress the voice in your head mm. but then uh like mj say right like mathematically that's safe but safe is boring oh yeah i mean so, so gotcha, what, gotcha. what we try to strike is like okay theoretically this is right but directly, but but factually, this is boring because it's right. Like it's just, boring. It's just okay. it's it's correct. It's just but that's it. It's not interesting. It's not bad. Yeah. It's 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 also it's just good. Like but the thing is, if it's just good, then you're not really creating something that's unique. Mm. You're just creating something that's just good. It's like the difference between like a good chicken rice and like the best chicken rice. You know what I mean? Like mm. like you get chicken rice. It's got chicken breast. It's got rice. It's got cucumber. It's got garlic chili. It's got all the sauces. Right. Technically, it's supposed to be not be a bad chicken rice. So yeah, it's okay chicken rice. It's good. But the best chicken rice sometimes take risks. Mm -mm. You know, maybe they don't like really like roast it the same way as mm -mm. everybody else. They some, don't braise the chicken follicles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what some you've been eating, man. <laughs> so, is it like cocaine in the West? on it? <laughs> Put some methamphetamine on it. <laughs> so um, you you mentioned color. Yeah. You mentioned the color of how it sounds. Can you can you elaborate on that? Because um, I work in an industry where color is very visible. Yeah. Uh, blue is blue. Ultramarine blue is blue, uh, green is green, red is red. So what do you mean by color when you're talking about uh, music? Because 
Uh, this this will lead to another question later. But what what do you mean by color? Okay. Um. So when it comes to color, it's it's I know. Okay, it's very subjective because audio as a whole is super subject subjective. And yep. like whatever I say might be this color. Might someone else might be like, no, bro, it's not this color. Mm. That's not warm. This is this is more darker. And like okay, so but this is my explanation of mm. it. Um. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Hopefully that's not in. Yeah. So basically, right? Like with color is. Okay, let's say you sing a love song. Sure. For me, a love song usually is warm. Uh, depends on uh, like a like a happy love song. Okay. Right. You would feel warm, and like the voice of it would be warmer, more loving, right? So that will give you like kind of like what we will call like a, a like a warm tone to it. Warm tone. Okay. Yeah, I know I'm using warm a lot, but like there's no other way to describe it from my <laughs> limited vocabulary. Okay. Okay. Then like a uh, uh, let's say, what's a good love song? MJ, what's a good love song? Well. Wow, well, I look sentimental. Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I mean the first thing off my head is "Can you feel?" Yeah, so you see that, right? That 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 is very like uh, we call, we will call that like a bit warm, right? Because it's it's so like loving and wholesome in general. Then, that would be the message, isn't it? The, yeah, the, so the context of exactly. The song. Then, like, if let's say you want something a bit more like uh hit, like brighter, so a, a bright song would be what's been pop nowadays. Right, like um, most pop mixers are bright, so they're very on the high frequencies. You hear a lot, of s- a lot, <laughs> right? Oh. So you hear a lot of that brightness in your in in pop, and it, it creates this very like shiny image. Okay, so we'll say that oh, that's a bright like bright sound, and then dark sounds are usually like your sadder songs most of the time. Like um, would the BPM affect something like this? Like yeah. the, the 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 way the song progresses, how slow it is, how fast it is, the pace of it. No, you can you can write. You, the thing is BPM does play a factor but mm-hmm. you can have both like Happy for example is a happy song but it's written in a very slow BPM because it's cause I'm happy clap along mm-hmm. if you, it's like very slow you know what I mean it's not like it's not It's not like, cause I'm happy clap along if you feel cause that sounds ridiculous okay alright so like like you can have like something that's, that's dark but fast mm. I mean metal usually is, is quite dark but like it's very fast so like tempo kind of shifts the, the mood I guess but if we're talking about like sonic texture um it's not so much i i don't reckon it's so much to do with how fast or how slow a song is uh. um and man actually i i do have something to share about yeah, about ahead. warm and bright yeah please. Uh, i think look at it as a spectrum right like you start off with warm on one side and the other would be bright um usually for me the way i would describe something like that is warm would be like it's it's lush it's thick it's, okay um, it's huge. It's usually it, it probably usually sounds really comfortable to the ears. Okay. Uh, it's probably some. I think the reason why Jason was bringing in uh love songs and ballads is because it's because they are generally very warm. They are supposed to be gentle to your ears, and um, you don't you don't tire out easily just listening to the track maybe like twenty times. Oh, you're still fine. You're all right. But with bright tones, like when like sonically when it hits your ears, it is refreshing. It is very edgy. It is very cool. It gets personally. It gets a little bit tiring for me. Yeah. I, I can't. I can't. I can't say the same for everyone else. But um, it's just so much more in your face. Uh, and I think in terms of like, uh, I I always like kind of imagine this like color temperatures on camera, like uh, like okay. warm and cool. Yep. Except this time around, I have to flip like the definitions a bit. Where, um, where cool is the new warm. Okay. 
and Warm is the new Bright. <laughs> yep. If that makes sense. Is there a particular song that comes to mind when you okay. think about a Bright song? I, I, I thought about it, right? And like the reason why I'm, I'm uh, for those who don't, who can't see, basically, actually, I really can't see. <laughs> but like, I'm, <laughs> I'm okay going to through, like Ariana Grande. I'm going to explain this in Ariana Grande's like album. Scorpio, <laughs> okay, okay. The four girl is a woman. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, the, 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 the breakdown. So, okay. so, so like, uh, I would say Thank You Next is very bright. Like, yeah, it's like thank you, next, next, thank you, next, next. I just wanna yeah, I mean like like that's that's kinda bright. I would say God is a woman is is kinda warm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's not very like it's silky, it's very right? silky. It's like God is a woman. It's not like it's not like it's not dark. You yeah, know what I mean like it's 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 not it's not very bright, but it's not also very dark. Because it's not a sad song. It's a she's kind of just putting like a factual statement. Mm. Now, the thing with Ariana Grande and the thing with a lot of pop acts, right, is like you don't have a lot of dark songs because in the pop genre, what you want is that bright and warm tone. That's the standard now in the industry. Mm. So I would say like the darkest I could see on Ariana's latest like release is the, in the Thank You Next album is Break Up Your Girlfriend because I'm bored. Okay. Like that would be a darker tone because like she's also doing like basically a dark message of like yep. she's basically asking you to cheat. Yep, on your girlfriend yep. for her so when you hear the beat right you can immediately hear the difference between these three you can hear thank you next is something you can feel you feel a sort of happiness to it okay. and a woman is like it's more like a, a nice body yep and then break up your girlfriend you feel like a bit more like okay you listen to that song when you like like wanna like honestly you're feeling like quite fucked up <laughs> fickle yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how is this happening on like the subconscious level though because as I said uh, the, 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 the production quality of music is not taken something at face value yeah. you must constantly listen to it and if, if you take it in after a amount of time then you might get the aversion to let's say something bright that you tire out of it do you think that this happening let's say on a subconscious level that people who are aware of it audio files they, they catch it but regular people might not even notice something like this maybe they just feel like maybe the song is mm. uh, appealing to a certain sense of, mm. of themselves and that's why color plays a lot of like, like a big important role because where you're right. Only audio files notice these kind of things. Only okay. only people like producers like us notice these kind of things. Who 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 decides the color though? So uh, so the so the question would be, um, let's say we we go into recording for artists. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure each musician and each artist would have a vision for what they want. Let's say for a track or for an EP or whatever. Where does the discussion come in then? To hey maybe do does do do the producer have a do they have like a a concept when they, when when they want to produce like a something for 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 an artist, and do they have a, a an artistic vision that they want to uh, uh, accomplish, and does that have to go in always in tandem with what the artists want? Okay, so that's where the music producers like us come in, yep. like uh, not just artists but on the corporate level as well. So if we were to talk about artists, right, specifically. Uh, let's say for example I worked on Narelle and her EP is called Blue and it's yep. to tackle issues on mental health yep. and I'm supposed to do her vocal recording and her mix and master Yep. so uh, so I'm supposed to do the vocal production sorry And so as a vocal producer first thing I think about is how should Narelle sound vocally because I could use like a, a mic and uh, so darker tones are more associated with the lower mids so mm. think about an EQ as this long line a long rectangle like a long rectangle between 20 to 20,000 Okay. Oh, right. So a, a long straight line between 20 and 20,000. Okay. Physics. Yeah. So like 20 to about 400 is kind of dark. Okay. Like the darkest. Then it gets progressively lighter from there. Okay. With the brightest being in the end. 20k. Yeah. And then the darkest being the 20, other end. Yeah. yeah. Most people can't hear 20 to 50 and uh 16 to 20. 
K thousand. Okay. Yeah. So that's just human limits. Yep. Some people can, some people can't. So um, when you think about that, first of all, I think a mic that can capture more lows, which is the darker end of it, because she's gonna sing about really heavy like, stuff. Heavy stuff. Yeah. So she needs to sound darker. If I were to take a mic that focus more on brighter like frequencies, mm. she's gonna sound like she's gonna just basically sound very thin, and you're not gonna feel that weight. Okay. Right. So like like things like this, you the artist won't know because. The artist's job technically is to write the song and write the emotions and pour it into her work. Her job is not to think, what mic am I going to record? Yeah, the with? technicalities of yeah. it. Yeah. And that's why music producers and, and uh and recording engineers exist because we know the mic. We know, okay, so this balances this frequency and this frequencies and those frequencies. And we choose this mic will fit you because this mic is darker in general. And then, or let's say we're doing like a happier pop song, like the stuff I do for Riley. Then I'm not going to use that same mic. Oh. Yeah, because it's going to be brighter. And in the same case for corporate, which MJ will get into, is um, basically about like if what kind of song you want, what kind of image you want to portray. But I'll let MJ like, like explain further. I think like, you know, doubling down on what Jason just mentioned and answering a bit of the question, Kev, is that like, it seems to me that the overarching um, um, decision, um, oh, sorry, the, the overarching scenario that allows engineers, producers, performing artists who understands these uh, terminologies to um, to make a decision, it kind of boils down to just storytelling. Uh. Oh, um, interesting. It's, it's, I mean, you know, you can have like the best beats, you can have the best melody lines, the yep. best lyrics, but um, then it's an external inter- interpretation of, of, okay, what, what are these lyrics about? Narelle King's like story is a little bit more like somber. Okay. Is that the word for it? Yeah. Um, it's heavier. So, okay. I mean, because like this is the, exactly the narrative that we're working with, we would choose pieces of technology that would fit best for whatever that she's hoping to express. Mm. I think, I think, yeah, I think that's about it. It's just plain old storytelling, man. And, yeah. uh, and then on the corporate side, uh, I mean, outside, like things like choices of microphones and things like that. Yeah. Um, even instruments play a part, right? Because like, you know, think of it from like a very, like a huge traditional orchestral point of view. Yeah. Uh, there are instruments that could pull off a certain range of, of voicings and mm. then certain instruments that can play higher or, or lower registers. Uh. So take, for example, string section. We are looking at like, you know, violin one, two, viola, cello, double bass. I mean, uh, violin one and two, you know, knocking out the, the high frequencies. Viola kind of sitting in between. Okay. Half the time doing nothing. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> hit, though. <laughs> oh, oh, no. People are going to hate me. <laughs> cello, so much warmth. So silky. Okay. I, I absolutely love cello as an instrument. So looking you hit viola. So much bias right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sensor. Cognitive bias. But how, how much of all these do you need to know natively then? There are so much instruments in the world. Like, do you need to know how it sounds? And do you need to be, I guess, proficient in in how how it works, really? I mean, knowledge is always the more the merrier, right? At this point. Um, Hopefully. (laughs) I I, I hope so. I haven't arrived at a point where I I would think, man, I wish I was dumber. (laughs) (laughs) Not yet. (laughs) Actually, no, there had been situations. I'll ask my therapist. So the Uh, (laughs) thought. So the uh, thought has crossed their mind. <laughs> but but uh, answering the question, man, I mean, you don't have to be like a, a prodigy in a sing like in any one single instrument. Of course, granted, if you are, that's a bonus. Mm. 
Okay. But, you know, a baseline understanding of where things should sit on on stage or even a, oh. or even during the scoring process, even in the, the songwriting process. Actually, like, you know, and this could be contextualized outside, like, the traditional orchestra and re reapply it back to, like, very uh, modern day, like, you know, um, use uh, modern day instruments yeah. uh, that would be more apparent in, like, your top 40 pop songs and R&B and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if I'm looking for like a, a more like somber kind of tune, mm. man, I, I would just kind of like put my cello on the lead, uh, play off like um, uh, just like a really like heavy sounding, but at the same time lush and 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 full kind of like melody. Yeah, okay. Everything else would just kind of like everything I was accompanied and the violas can take a break. But you would have to write the 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 music as well for all these different parts, right? Yeah. And different instruments play play differently. Very I'm interesting. Going to open my beer now. Please, cool. <laughs> so everyone can hear. This podcast is beer. brought to you by alcoholics. <laughs> Tiger beer, please sponsor Cosmic Children. So, can to 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 paint a clearer picture of that? Is it like having a very stocked tool shed and knowing which tool to pick? Oh yeah. For the yes. Okay. Okay. That is, right. that's yeah, really that's yeah. Okay. That's the honestly a very good analogy that yeah. I did not see coming. Yeah. Okay. That's a really good energy. Like you're, you're basically as a music producer, you're supposed to talk your stool shed full of all the knowledge of what tool does what. And so that when an artist comes to you, hey, I got this idea. You just pick the right tools and then you make. Mm. Guess yeah. you hammer it on the nail. Uh. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> it's hit the nail on the hammer. <laughs> no. Oh, wait. The wait, no. Fuck. It's hit the nail on the head. Oh, guys, hit the nail on the head. Come guys. on. Ah. Sorry. Guys, we do music for a reason. <laughs> so... It's interesting you guys say storytelling because uh, storytelling in the most uh, native of senses is through words. But I guess through the medium that you guys do, there really isn't any words or rather the words are not yours. Mm. So how does that convey? Is it through whatever we discussed, the technicalities of it, the color, everything? Or is there some other means that you try to convey? Because uh, Homegrown Studios is an entity. It's a yeah. business. It's a brand. So, what is the the signature for Homegrown Studios? And do y'all try to to do it for each piece that y'all put out? Yeah. How how does that work? Because um, in a previous conversation with uh, Park Bench Delhi, yeah. So there, Andre, the the guy that I spoke to, he has a very strong sense of what Park Bench Delhi is. The DNA is very strong, and he tries to 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 put it through not just the food. But the events that he has, the people they employ, like 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 a culture thing. Mm. So, what does Homegrown Studios like try to put? What what is the DNA of Homegrown Studios really, and uh, the storytelling? Yeah. Okay, so I'll be honest. Yeah. At, at the start, we had no idea. Mm. So when we started this, we were trying to figure it out. As honestly, I was only twenty two at the time. So mm. anybody who has a sense of idea of what they're doing to do at twenty two is a genius. Mm. So we were just. Honestly, trying to make music and like do it as a living at first. But then what you realize is that over time, you kind of figure out your DNA. What, what's in you doesn't, it doesn't hide. Like it just, it will just start showing itself. And for me, it was, I started off recording metal. I was doing metal bands. I did builds. Okay. Yeah. So, Singapore has metal how, bands. Yeah. Like, yeah. Back in the day. So I, that's okay. how MJ and I like, like started working together was through builds. Okay. So I started on doing a lot of metal bands, a lot of pop punk bands. But then somehow or another, I found my way into pop. And I just kept going my way back into pop and just kept being like, I want to be metal. But then like at the end of the day, I excel at this pop production thing. Is there a disparity in being uh, 
I don't know if the word is groom, growing up, having your roots in the metal and wanting to do pop. Is there a disparity between the two subgenres? Because they sound so different. Yes. I would imagine the people who listen to metal and the people who listen to pop are different. Yeah. I would say not. Like to be okay. honest, like it, 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 you can't really judge a book by its cover. Like yeah. like uh, sometimes can. I, sometimes. Uh, yeah, sometimes can. <laughs> but like because I've I've met I've met people that listen to metal and then listen to pop. Like they love mm. pop, but then like when they're having a really bad day, then or they hit the gym, it has to be like Bring Me the Horizon. Yeah, you know mm-hmm. I mean? it has to be like Metallica. Because when I'm going to the gym, I want to like really like grind it out. I'm not gonna to listen to like Ariana Grande sing "God Is a Woman" while I'm fucking lifting weights. Like I want maybe to hear like spinning, uh. yeah, <laughs> like yeah, maybe spin class, right? But like, but like a lot of guys is actually like you see them go to the gym and it's just Metallica. Yeah. It is, it is. So something about like, the music, lah. The, the pace, yeah, that, the tone, everything. Like a day to remember. Yeah, you know I mean, like like they just like brings them out. Or like uh, you, uh, emo night is such a big like like uh, uh thing right yeah. now, right? But like. A lot of these kids probably only listen to pop punk when they were younger. Nowadays, they don't listen to that. Yeah, they probably yeah. like listen to R and B, hip hop. You ask them who's the latest pop punk act, they'll be like, Billie Eilish. But because because oh, honestly, yeah, okay. because honestly, back then pop punk was pop. Pop punk. What What do you mean by pop punk? Like punk, punk was bling. What do you do? Pop punk. Yeah. So back then in the day, right, we didn't have like we had basically we did have the ushers we did have the keishas, right? Yeah, but yeah. like everyone was listening to punk music in, yeah. in Singapore, so. Technically, what is pop is just what's popular. True. Yeah. Very true. So literally, metal could be pop. Mm. If everyone in Singapore is into metal, yep. metal by definition, is pop. Uh, by yeah. definition, metal is pop, which is very interesting. Like it's just like how you know people say that like, indie. Mm. So a lot of times, indie is misclassified because indie means independent. Yep. Yeah. So nineteen seventy five, right? When they say it's independent, it's not really true because they're signed to a label. Exactly. Okay. So they're not really independent. I'll take that. Yeah. So, mm. but then when they say that, oh, they're indie, they're like, no, indie is, but, but indie has, catch-all. yeah, but indie has evolved in this good catch-all mm. because like they want, if you describe 1975, you have to be like, okay, UK, British pop, and like, uh, maybe a bit of punk river, I mean, like, yeah, like yeah. or you could just say indie pop mm. and then it gets done. It's a good like catch-all, like, even though the, the, the definition doesn't really fit, but when yeah. you say indie pop, there is a general understanding of what it sounds yeah, what like. It sounds like, yeah. And so, like, like in general, like a lot of a lot of people that you talk to nowadays or you listen, like you might listen to this guy who's like, oh, I love Ariana Grande. But then, like, uh, the only thing in my place, I have a friend at Zendel, right? We're yeah. home ground because we we work out of Zendel. Yeah. This guy called Luke. He used to mm. be from Beep Studios. He listens to just hip hop all day, but his favorite tune of all time is Thank You Next. Oy. What what does thank you next song? I don't. Ariana uh, Grande is thank you next. Like, thank you next next. Thank you. What what's next. so special about it? It's just, it's the most pop song in history. Can you imagine this guy listens to Joey Badass, J Cole? Okay, you know like uh, the game, like yeah. <laughs> like the real game. like <laughs> like Kanye West, yeah, like yeah, like yeah. he's like all oh, he wears a he wears a Tupac jacket. Oh wow, it's pretty good. But then when it was his birthday and we were drinking and he was like, okay, bro, what do you want to play? He was like, bro, my favorite song in the whole wide world is Thank You Next. And I'm just looking at him like going like, dude, like you are like, no, like what? Like I was just saying like a Tupac song, you know, like, you know, like California Dreams. Yeah. I was like, no, it's Thank You Next by Ariana Grande. And I was like, that's my, that shit, my jam. <laughs> Have you ever asked him why though? Yeah, because he said it's just a great, great song. So, so well, what's your analysis of it? When, huh? when you look at Thank You Next from a engineer's point of view, what's so special about it? Well okay. produced, crisp. Yes. First of all, well recorded, yeah. well produced, well mixed. Uh, it's very balanced. Nothing stands out to you. Like you don't you don't go in there and go like, wow, the hi hat's too loud. Okay. The voice is too like piercing. 
Okay. You know what I mean? Like you just listen to the song and it's, it's good. Like, you know what I mean? The fact that you just went that way means it's really greatly done. Like, because a bad mix would be like, wow, the hi-hats are really loud or it's really like, like unclear mm. or like the vocals are really too loud in the mix. Yeah. But when you have like uh, a really done, good, like well done song, you can hear everything. Yeah. It's well balanced. Yeah. The next thing you notice is the, uh, the melody. Mm-hmm. Is catchy. And I, I am pretty sure that anyone who's heard Thank You Next once would like once, right, would be able to sing the thank you, next, okay. thanks, thank you. Yeah, you know I mean, like, okay. like you can remember that already. So that's already a great thing there by there in itself. It's really very well marketed because it's playing on on Ariana Grande's ex-boyfriends. That's another great influence of the song. And and I mean, like, yeah, music video is great too. Like, mm. like it's it's just as a product as a whole. As a product, it's great. As a song. Maybe we can tell it's more of a product, because like mean? because songs, songs can vary. I in my personal opinion, like um, songs can vary from stuff that are written to be a product and songs that are written from the heart. Can you tell? Yes. Interesting. In, I in think that you next is a blend, like because it really sounds like she's reasoning about her ex boyfriends, but she wants to make she has to make it sellable. She's Ariana Grande. Yep. Yeah, you know I mean she can't she can't write like a 20, 20 minute jazz piece. About, it is a business ultimately. Yes. Yeah. So she had to follow some form, form, formulas that worked over time. So like um yeah, if you want to talk about like stuff that really like um is more related towards the heart and isn't related towards like like pop music or like in general as a product. It's songs that don't follow formulas. Like they don't like the fact that you're used to, for example, I, I'm sure a lot of people are like, you know, the chorus, right? So the fact that most songs follow a verse, pre-chorus, chorus, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, right? Format. It is a proof of, of trying to, to, um, what's the word for it? What's the like business size, business size? Is uh, it a template? No. Yes. Yes. Like a template. Like you're trying to make the music into a business because you know, this template works. So you, everyone writes to this template because that's what works. Because if you really think about it, right, back then when you go all the way back, you know what's pop in the 1800s? It's was Beethoven, like Beethoven. Like he what's Beethoven? Pop, like like uh, Mozart. Is it Beethoven? Yeah. Yeah, Beethoven. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. sorry. My pronunciation is terrible. <laughs> uh, Mozart, like, like those, no, no, really, those were pop. Opera was pop. Mm, back in the day. That's mm. true. That's, that's And true. we've evolved that structure into the verse, pre-chorus, chorus that you hear today. Yep. yep. Because if you want to talk about like real music comes to the heart, it shouldn't follow a structure. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. But you know that the reason why it follows the structure is because you want people to listen and people are used to this structure. So that's why we follow it. And mm. that's really it. Like that's 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 how we got verse pre chorus chorus. Like yep. technically that shouldn't even exist. Like even talk about like uh, music that comes straight from the heart, we shouldn't even be following this whole verse and pre chorus and chorus. There shouldn't be any uh it, it shouldn't be so formulaic that you can kind of predict how the how how the entire song would play out. Then. Yeah, you you kind of know that it's gonna be a verse, pre-chorus, chorus, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, bridge, then chorus, but the chorus bigger. Like mm. like that's the typical f- pop format. Like if you don't agree, go listen to like the top forty. Yeah, I mean like if you listen to the top forty songs on radio, it's really just that. It's always either that or chorus, then verse, mm. then chorus, then verse, then chorus, bridge, and then chorus. So four four times. Wouldn't this be very boring then? I mean, if you do, that's why if you see like people who are really, I think that's why I like the fact that we are in between uh the technical side and we're not like too musically gifted to like really understand music on a higher level. Because if you do understand music on like a very high level, like um pop music is really boring. Interesting. It is, it is un, un, unfathomably boring. It, <laughs> it is the same as, I think to them, right, pop, like to the geniuses of the world, the Jacob Colliers of the world, pop music, 
is like watching uh, Ghost in the Shell 15,000 times, but different color grades <laughs> and different like main character. Like the main character, the girl, the, the way she's like drawn is the different, okay, okay. but the story plot is the same. Imagine watching Ghost in the Shell 15,000 times. Just the main character right, is a different girl. By different drawn girl, but same character, same mm, same personality, everything's same just everything. The same, la. Everything's the same. Yeah. That's how pop music is like to them. It's just different colors, but everything's the same. Mm, but it's, it's, is boring? Does does boring equate to predictable though, or is it two different things? No. So so what what does boring mean? Boring is something that I feel like has been done before. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Boring is done. Boring is predictable because it's been done before. When you hear this, you hear like oh, like like um. When you hear a TikTok song nowadays. What's a TikTok song? Oh my god. TikTok is like uh, <laughs> the musically of, of our generation. Okay. I know so, it's a very popular app. Yeah, so now actually a lot of songs are getting famous off TikTok. Mm. Mm. Yeah. So like, but it, a TikTok song always has the same structure. It's always a good catchy hook. And the rest of the song is trash. But I guess because of the format of TikToks, I think that the, the short format it is that yeah. that, that catchiness that of appeals. The it's the one everything that appeals. Uh, have you heard this song called Roxanne? No. Roxanne, Roxanne. Da, 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 is da, that da, Jolene? Like Jolene? No, so like okay. <laughs> Yeah, so there's this song called Roxanne that got really famous off TikTok. Okay. Right. And honestly, it's not that great of a song. It's very predictable. I only know of that Doja Cat. Person. Yeah, that kind of got famous off yeah TikTok. so she got famous off TikTok too and like uh, uh, the thing is like some people do take it like as just as like a platform to achieve like the, to do better because yeah, yeah, they lose their launching pad but most people nowadays when you see them come out of TikTok it's, it's really bad like, this is Jason Derulo song right now that's out now on radio uh, today's date is 20th July yeah. please listen to the latest Jason Derulo song and it's it's just designed for TikTok it's a TikTok beat over his voice and it's terrible it is utterly terrible. But it is ultimately um, seeing as, I guess, the, the path to success as a game, it is ultimately just a tool to 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 get to that success. Yeah. And that's why I would say with music, right, like there's so much to um, consider. Like, are you doing this for the passion? Are you doing this to be successful? Are you doing this as a business? Or are you doing this because you like to create music? Mm. There are many considerations. And as a producer, right, your job is to weed out each one so if you're only here for the passion, right, I shouldn't be putting in you into boxes. You know what I mean? I shouldn't be like, okay, if you're here for passion, you have to do a verse, pre-chorus, chorus, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, bridge. Because you're here for passion, you don't care about that. Yep. If you're here to make money, like, like just to, to sell a very popular song, then I know there are certain formulas that work in songwriting that I must include it in. There are also like uh, formulas that are strong structure that I need to include in. And uh, also there's, there's actually a lot of things you can research. That's what we do at Homeground. Mm. So like, our research- So you like, Google a lot. <laughs> I Google a lot. Google, Google probably sees my search history and goes like, bro, what? <laughs> top top uh, top 40 hits in the last 20 years. Bro, what the hell are you doing? Okay. Yeah. And so like, you go see that. So one of the things I found out is that um, within the last 20, 15, 20 years, right? Every top 40 hit, which is the chorus within the first 30 seconds of the song. Very interesting. Yeah. So that's the formula right there. So in, in the previous conversation with uh, Mao Life, the band, yeah. so Paddy and Peng Seng, they mentioned something about how uh, there is a decline in songs that have very long intros because of the way we consume music these days. Is yes. it something like, like what you exactly. just mentioned? Exactly right. It yeah. is exactly that. They are completely correct. And Peng Seng and I have many discussions about like the, the evolution of pop music. Mm. Mm. I consult him a lot about this as well because I would, I would discover something and, and he, he's really, he's really a music nerd. Mm -hmm. So whenever I discover something, I need myself fact checked. I'll go to Peng Seng, bro, I just discovered, is this correct? 
Interesting. And then he'll be like, yeah, bro, actually it is. Uh, this has been the way for like generations. I'm like, oh, okay, great. Because he is way more fanatical with this than I am. Like, and fanatical is really, like he will really know his shit. Like he yeah. really knows his shit. It's not even a joke. So like, uh, so like things like 30 seconds pop intros, right? Is It's because like you see, you see the trend grow because we're not the only ones studying this trend. Mm. Many, many producers in, in uh, LA have to do it because to us, right, maybe getting hit is a one in a lifetime chance or like, you know, like uh, whatever off. But to some LA producers, they have to get a hit. They have when to. When you work with me, when you pay me, they will charge absurd rates, like a hundred to a half a million per song. But when you work with me, you will get a hit. But can you really dull it down or boil it down to an assurance like that? So uh, before this, before when I was younger and my foolishness, I would say no. Okay. But nowadays, right, you have to look to this guy called Max Martin. Mm-hmm. Max Martin. Who is he? What does he do? So, okay. Your, you know, Weekend? The Weekend? Yes. Uh, uh, let's go Taylor Swift? Yes. Katy Perry? Yes. Keisha? Unfortunately, Lady yes. Lady Gaga? Yeah. Uh, Backstreet Boys? Are you trying to say that every one of these people have yes. worked with him before? Boom. Okay. And not only that, he has written songs for them. Uh, Arne Grande mm. as well. Yeah, your every, almost every top hit you hear that's coming out of Singapore, actually like our top 50s, our top 100, sorry, the top 100s, actually the top 10s even. Three songs are written by him. Interesting. And for, it's been this way for the last 10 years. How much of it is, so he is a producer. He is a songwriter, producer, but when, when you guys look at him from uh from a engineer standpoint, what do you guys see? He's you guys not an see? engineer. <laughs> so there is a difference between a, a songwriter, producer, and an engineer. Yes. Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. As an engineer, you know the tech. Yeah. So you know how to use the board, the, the the mixing board. Yeah. You know how to use the compressors, you know how to use but as a songwriter, you know how to write the, the track. Yeah. But as a producer, you know how to make like like synths and beats and everything. But as a songwriter, you know how to write the top line, which is the singing mm-hmm. for the track. He is both a singer songwriter, a singer songwriter, and a producer. But does he know how to mix? I'm not sure. I don't mm. think so. But I know that he knows how to songwrite and he knows how to produce because on Spotify you can see the credits. Interesting. Yeah. So he, he kind of has, apart from the, apart from the network that he has, I can imagine that he kind of has it down down to what he knows how to and what doesn't work even throughout. Because a lot of these acts you mentioned, I think we did yeah. last two decades. Yeah. And music taste, do you think music taste change? And if it does, if it doesn't, yeah. I guess you will have to adapt, right? Yeah. And he, the fact of the matter is he's, I feel like one of the only few producers that adapted very, very well across the time. But I also feel like he's the one who shaped pop music as it as it is today. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm serious. I, f- I feel like he's the hidden ninja of pop music. And he's basically the overlord telling us what to listen to and what's dope. Like, whoa, that, that's yeah. some scary power. Like, right like if, yeah. if you look, okay, so Ariana Grande's first album, right? Mm. It's all Max Martin. And that's what put her on the map. Uh, your, you know, not Thank You Next, but Sweetener, mm. right? That whole album for Ariana Grande, that's, that's Max Martin. Dangerous Woman, that's Max Martin. God is, uh, God is a Woman, Max Martin. No Tears Left to Cry, Max Martin. Let's just say Weekend, Can't Feel Your Face, Max Martin. Uh, In Your Eyes, Max Martin. Blinding Lights, Max Martin. Like, and all these are like hit songs you hear on the radio. Like that, I'm 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 dropping like oh oh let's say Taylor Swift right um even the terrible me song is by Max Martin <laughs> <laughs> like and then you go to 1989 Blank Space Max Martin in the mm. uh in the woods Max Martin like and you go back to Katy Perry Raw Max Martin like the very first yeah you want to go back even further you can search Backstreet Boys was Max Martin 
So its impact in the industry is it's actually actually kind of crazy. It's 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 like if you think about his impact from when he started his career to now, it's exponential. Mm. It's like he has shaped pop music. Yep. And so he charges like from what I've heard because you cannot find his contact online because he's that exclusive. He doesn't need to. He doesn't need to have a portfolio. He, he charges like a hundred grand a song. Yeah. Because it's like it's a confirm hit. Mm. Yeah, I mean, like, and the thing is, he does have failures. Oh, yeah, but it's just he just hides it really well because you see so many hits, right? You cannot fathom that he has like songs that don't do well. Can does any come to mind? Uh, I, there's a playlist on Spotify, so you can just like go scroll through it. Yeah, of Max Martin failures. Yeah, no, no, of, of of Max Martin songs. <laughs> okay, like so, it's called Max Martin: The Complete Discography. Okay. So you can like find like everything that he has. Like, okay, It's My Life by Bon Jovi. He did that. Oh, wow. Yeah, wow. you can see it. Like, but stuff like I, I would say that you won't know is like, um, was it Time Machine by Robin? Who the hell is that? Mm. You know? Like, but like you can see so many like, uh, oh, If I Had You by Evan Lambert. That's him too. Mm. Uh, You know, Just Want You to Know is, is Backstreet Boys. That's him. Uh, I Want You Back in Sing. That's him. Mm. California Girls, Kitty Perry and Snoop Dogg. That's him. Uh, you can go on further so you see the list of pop music he's done I'm, sh- I'm showing Kevin like the list and it's scrolling and it's scrolling Max it's Martin scrolling. complete hits on Spotify and it's scrolling it's not complete hits complete discography complete discography so this is everything he's ever done and I think it's about like well, it looks like a thousand songs long I think in the case with Max Martin like truly yeah. you are you know you're acquiring him in your service with the guarantee that he is the trend He's not part of the trend. He is the trend and he's always been at the forefront of it for whatever reason. I, I, I don't know like what yeah. kind of inhuman level of foresight would that take for for him to then decipher, okay, I think moving forward, this is the sound that we should acquire. Uh, these are the instrumentation that we should do. This is what the top line should sound like and I can guarantee you that this will be a hit. That is ridiculous though because but, from yeah. Backstreet Boys to Katy Perry to Taylor Swift yeah. to Snoop Dogg, yeah. Both sounds so different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he has found the f- the formula and that's the, what I mean by music. Honestly, at the end of the day, right, really, if you boil down to it, music is mad. Why, why, why would you say that? Because at, at the end of the day, right, music, okay, all, all sound waves, technically physics. Okay. Physics at its core is mathematics. Mm, right? Agreed. So technically, music is mad. Very interesting. So, okay, that, that leads you to my next question. What are both your philosophies when it comes to music? And what do you think music is? Whoa, gonna, we're gonna, you're going to hear like two opposites. Please, yeah. But this is why like we, we work together. Uh, if you want me to go first. Go, please. Okay. I view music as maths. Okay. Like I would say like, okay, there are like formulas that work. And like what we do is we will use the formulas that work and then we'll play around with them. Mm. So we will have fun with the formulas, but we 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 won't like really deviate a lot through it because I know that these formulas work and if you follow them right, you're going to get a hit. And so that's why, home, and the thing is, I've always had a fascination with formulas and like uh, in mathematics in general. So moving from from like metal to pop and the reason why it was so seamless was like when I found out that you can really do this in terms of like, you can really like mathematicize pop music. Well, it's like crazy fun. Huh? Like, okay, so if you sing like one note melodies, they're going to be more catchier. Then if you sing this, 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 that. If you sing like this way, and if you actually bend the note here, it's actually proven like that is going to be like a little bit more like uh well-received compared to if you sing it the other way. You know, certain melodies won't receive well. Some certain melodies will. Like, and the fact that you can do all this will help you, but also I'll say it's a double-edged sword because you cannot be creative. Mm. It, it limits you. 
It's like locks. a recipe that you follow strictly. La. Yeah, it will lock your brain for to 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 go beyond, which is why I have the artists. So what I do is I don't burden them with this new knowledge. Oh, what do you mean? As in, like, I don't come to them and tell them like, oh, one of melodies. I will suggest to them that this is better. And then they were like, oh yeah, that does feel better. And I'll be like, in my head, yes, because it follows the formula. Mm. But I won't, I won't, I won't tox, like poison their art that way. Because then to me, I feel like this formula has gone from when I used it as like a brilliant like way to get people big or like to do really good hits to now to be like a limitation. Like it's just like, you stop. You always want to follow it? Because you know it works. And it's damn scary to try something new because... Mm. You know it works, right? It's like it's like you you have a four wheel car, right? Imagine I tell you I'm gonna make a sixteen wheel car. I would love to see that. Yeah, but the thing is, does it work? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you don't know, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Will, will a three wheel car work? Yeah. Would you know that? I don't know that. Mm. Do you know that? We don't know that. But maybe it does. Maybe it actually runs better than a four wheel car. But we and then know. you are setting the new standard. But that that fear of actually investing the time and money and and hours to figure that out scary as hell. Mm. So what I do is I let the artists like, like, uh, and also it becomes very boring. Right. So which is why I let the artists impart their own like, like taste in it. So I will keep it uh, within the formulaic versions of like 30 seconds to intro, certain melodies that they hit, like perfect fourths, perfect fifths, which are, which are like intervals. If you need to hit that for pop music. And then for them, they bring in what I call the craft, the story, the art then they can just be free, can be creative. I'm the guy who basically I'll call my job as I basify their music. Basic-fy. Basify, yeah. Like I just make it basic. 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 So oh, they will basic, write things okay. that are too like hard to understand. Yep. And I'll dumb it down. Mm. Because they were like, for example, if they write like a chord progression, like a G6 or mid nine, and then like do a, a, a F sus five. Does that not make like, sense? You're like, you're, you you as, a, as someone who does new music go like, what the fuck? Because it sounds a bit weird. Yeah, no, as in like, you just don't understand what's the coolness of that. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? But the musician's like, oh my God. Like, oh. if you listen to Jacob Collier's music, mm. like, uh, he has All I Need, this song, where he goes into this thing called a E half flat. Uh, was it B half flat? I can't remember off the top of my head. But he goes into a half flat major and then he plays the whole last chorus in a half flat, which is unheard of in, in like common pop music because you can... Like nothing tunes to half flat. You have to be so perfectly tuned to, to in, in music to like go like, okay, this is in between in between B and B flat. This is right in the middle. And then you get everything to play right in the middle. And everyone to sing right in the middle. Mm. Which no instrument really like picks it up because everyone just wants to go like the full like yep. B or B flat. Yep. Yep. So like musicians like like go that way. And then for for us, like I mean like boring why is boring because we formula formula wise, that doesn't make sense. Okay. Because there's no precedence for that. So it, it becomes very boring because when you create something like that, you'll create something that's been done before. Mm. Because what you're doing is also basing it off of information and statistics you have done before. Yep, yep. Right, so you're basically do, kind of doing like maths. You're just maintaining the status quo, but there's very little experimentation until you make the decision to break out of this, uh, whatever comfort zone that you set for yourself and yeah. to explore new territories. Okay. So I think the fun part for me when it comes to production and where I defer with MJ is I will always love to find new formulas. So I always experiment. I experiment with Jasmine. Uh, I experiment with uh, Riley. Mm. With the more uh, indie acts, I don't. I try, we try to be more like free and creative and just like wing it. Like <laughs> So is being free and creative experimenting or is it two different things? It's experimenting. It's like we do things that I'm like, this is wrong, but okay. <laughs> sounds oh, fun. Like, you know what I mean? like, it sounds like instinctually, it's... this is wrong, but you still try it. No, um, instinctually, you don't know. But but formula-wise, formula it's wrong. 
Okay. But but it sounds all right. So why mm. not? Yeah, I mean, like it doesn't sound bad. So why are we so afraid? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so like we just 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 make it because there's some songs that I wrote that are damn good, but I like, just don't make sense. Don't make sense meaning it doesn't sound. It doesn't follow the formula. Okay. But then it it works. Okay. It just works. And then there are some songs which I know were hit like way before it came out, like uh, "Hurt" or "Tired" from Jasmine Soko. Like like she knew that was gonna hit, and I knew that was gonna hit like way before it even came out. We already knew it was gonna hit, cause you followed all the right notes. It was it was Max Martin inspired. It had one note melodies. It was two minutes thirty seconds duration. It was in the right BPM, right key. Like that was at point of time. It had the right amount of like uh like durations between like uh it had the basically we call music in bars. So like usually it's like uh either eight eight sixteen so eight verse eight pre sixteen chorus or sixteen verse and then sixteen chorus. It had the right amount of like bars for each part, mm. and like uh it it was repeatable and it was very catchy. Like the moment it came out, I was like, ah, oh, this is gonna hit uh. Boring. Then, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> you yeah, mean like you look yeah. super boring. <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. Like 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 Jasmine don't hate me. The music is great. Don't 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 shit on me if you're listening to this. <laughs> but like um, yeah, like like. It was predict like the outcome was there. You know that it was gonna hit. Interesting. But the the interesting part came from the fact that she was singing about like t- being tired but not because of her sleep. So the concept was being tired by like social interaction. So mm. that was for me the interesting part. Like that that's where I find the, the fun in it. Like that's where I try to change the storyline. In case of Ghost in the Shell, you know, like you have the storyline that's like all different colors, right? Remember yep, you? Yep. So what I try to do is I try to change like the way the character behaves. Which is the the the, the plot of that's the That's where the difference is, like, yeah. Yeah. So I'm not gonna when so she wasn't singing about something common like love. Like, oh, you know what? I'm tired of love. Like yep. that would be the safest thing to go. Yep. She's singing about something that nobody sang about before, like being tired of social interactions. Like, I fucked all this, fuck people. Mm. Like she's basically the whole song was basically fuck people. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm tired I'm not tired because I don't have sleep. I have a lot of sleep. Yeah. But y'all fucking tire me out. Like that's literally the song title. Was, like, that, was that a concept when she told you? Yeah, that was the concept. Really, like, <laughs> fuck people. I'm damn tired of all this fucking PR shit. Like, I just want to make music. People are tiring and exhausting. Mm. And I had, I had eight, Jason, I had eight hours of sleep, but I'm damn tired <laughs> because of people. Like, and then I was like, that's such an interesting concept to play with. Yeah. Because you don't hear songs about that on the radio. And unless you actually listen to the lyrics and you process yeah. it, you probably won't catch it. And the thing is, that's why it does better than Hurt. Because Hurt's about basically like uh, about, about love. And like, you, you already know where that goes. Mm. Like, even though I feel like Hurt is the better song, Tired is way more unique. Mm. Yeah. Production-wise, Hurt is the better song, but Tired is way, way more unique because of, 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 of topic. So like, like that's what I mean by like, it depends on multitudes of factors when it comes to music. And like, the best producers, I feel in my opinion, are the ones who can navigate all of these elements in a way that they will bring out the best in the song. And like, yeah, and that's why I feel like producers are very over, like underestimated or like underappreciated. Yeah, yeah, underappreciated. Because like for an artist, you just don't write a dope song, but a producer needs to know the mic, know how to mix it, who's going to mix it, who's going to master it, how the song's supposed to go, the formulas that involve a pop song, and also like the way like the song should be structured. And then like the artist just needs to follow, like if you have a great producer, just follow through. Mm, yeah. And don't butt hits, la, I assume. Oh, you're gonna butt hits, lah. Oh, you're gonna butt hits. Yeah, there was this one point in time, and oh my god, Jasmine's gonna hate me, but I don't care. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> this is a this is a funny, funny story because like basically there was this one where like she says like uh, I don't like nobody and nobody likes me. Mm. Uh, I'm so tired of the peacock speech. So she was doing these shouts. So it's like um, uh, she wanted it to be like cock speech because peacock speech. And she wanted the echo cock speech, and yep. I was like, no, 
Why no? Because you got to think of like cock as in like your dick. Yeah. And then yeah. <laughs> your dick is talking. Yep. And then she was like, no, but nobody would think that. Only you would think that, Jason, because you're dirty-minded. I'm like, no, that's the only <laughs> thing anybody would think about when you when a girl is shouting, cock speech. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, no, it's just me. It won't work. Like we cannot say, just say no speech. Okay. And we argued for like a good three hours on that. Okay. Where she was like, no, I think cock speech is fine. You're just being fucking like filthy. And how I'm like, did you mansplain her, by the way? Yeah, I, I love how I mansplain her. Like, if if this if that was today, I would get me to kind of cancel. Kind of cancel for mansplaining. Cancel. Oh jeez. So what was the what was the, the ending then? Oh, the she just agreed to no speech, and then like until now she would say like, I never say cock speech. I'm like, oh, bitch. <laughs> I'm you like, bitch. Uh, I was like, I was like, what? No, man. Like, like shut up like you were so down for cock speech man it was me and that part time Willie who was managing her yeah. uh, this was before she signed the Warner we were like fighting for like no cock speech like mm. we were like cock speech cannot lah. it must be no speech lah. it really needs to be no speech so like uh, yeah things like that you were butt heads uh, artists will argue with you but like uh, ultimately at the end of the day it's good to butt heads yeah. Mm. yeah I mean me and MJ are opposites because he's gonna tell you why he likes me- what he thinks about music and he's gonna be like but I think ultimately it's important to have a bigger picture, right? Talking about this butting hits thing. You can you can refute each other, you can talk and you can discuss, and you can even disagree. Yeah. But ultimately, let's say between you and Jasmine, or even between you and MJ, um, there has to be the main goal, which is let's say for, for Jasmine is to produce a piece of music. Yeah. And I'm sure that there has to be like a level of uh artistry and a level of professionalism and a level of trust between yeah. uh you guys as the producer and her as the artist yeah. that you guys will want ultimately the best product. It's not all of all because of very, very superficial, fickle reasons that you're just saying no to this, something like that. Yeah. So like, in the case of me and MJ, why I like the fact that we are opposites is it's chaos. Ah. <laughs> it's chaos, yeah. I am the antichrist to whatever <laughs> you just said. Like, Jason just spent like, I don't know, what felt like 10 years yeah. explaining to you Sorry. the rigidness that is the formula. How, how many times did you hear, hear, hear me say Oh man, countless. Yeah, it feels like lifetimes after lifetimes. <laughs> you aged like two years right there. <laughs> Watch me grow my beard. It's like he, he mansplains you as well. Uh, but anyhow, like, Jason's, Jason's absolutely right. Like, I think I, I represent the complete opposite of where he's coming from. I, I definitely see the value of like how this is applicable to like top 40 music. Uh, Except, I think on my part, or like in the things that I interest myself in, they don't work by that formula as well. It's just a whole paradigm of pushing the damn envelope every single time. Okay. Uh, you know, for one, like just now we were talking about tuning, right? Like, do you guys know uh, that between an octave, there is 1,200 cents. Cents is the unit, basically, that defines um, the tuning between B to the next B, okay. for example. And I think what um, Jason was referring to with uh, this artist called Jacob Collier, amazing guy, um, is that they would start experimenting not with perfect B, but with perfect B minus 10 cents, minus 20 cents. That is how like experimental it gets. So it's very, very small, minute increments. But that, but to these audiophiles or these crazy like dedicated musicians, they can kind of pick it up. Not sure how. Even I am not able to do that. Mm. Uh, admittedly, coming you know, coming back around like some like something as bare bone as like tempo. You know, like just to kind of explain tempo. Tempo is like you know one, two, three, motherfucker. <laughs> and and like basically the pace of the song. And and yep, yep. in the case um of when a composer or um 
a conductor, orchestra. Um, um, how what's the word for it? When when a composer and a conductor like see through like soundtracks for films, yeah, they don't necessarily work with like okay, we are currently at one hundred twenty BPM. Uh, that's the that's the tempo that you should stick in. No, um, what what happens here is that the conductor will orchestrate the yep. the orchestra right in front of him. Watch the watch the the show, and if it means for him to speed up the orchestra or slow down the orchestra just to kind of like get the tension going, then you know the rules the the rubble is off the window at this point. Interesting. Yeah. Um. So like we, I'm already establishing like there is no well defined like tuning. Yep. There is no well defined uh tempo, and I think you know answering your question the. For me, what's most important, philosophically speaking, with music is, is a word that I, I think I use from the start, which is just like, man, storytelling. Uh, especially in, in a medium where music and audio plays a supportive role towards uh, something that's more, uh, that is visual and more visceral. Uh, what we are trying to do is accentuate scenes to accentuate story. Uh, we are not trying to kind of steal the limelight. Uh, we're just trying to provide what is already available. Yep. Uh, even if that means breaking some of our rules uh, and and sometimes stepping on a couple of eggshells. Uh. Yep. But you know, like, how are you going to make an omelet anyway if, if you don't break some eggshells or so? Yep. Uh, and where where this differing philosophy becomes like a, a, a butting hit, like rift between Jason and I is like, for example, when we had like one uh, advertisement campaign okay. um, that... I told Jason something like, you know, I feel like we could add extra beat. What do you mean extra beat? Like, because predominantly songs, <laughs> your, your top 40 songs at least, um, outside the ballads and outside the, 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 yeah, outside the ballads, like it's what we call 4-4, four, four, which is just one, two, three, four, two, three, okay. three. Okay, four bars it, right? of four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I told Jason like, how about we add a five here? <laughs> it's just, I just, it's, it's, so it's, it's one, two, three, four, two, two, three, four, five. five. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> and then we go back to four, four. Yeah, then, then, so it's basically one, two, three, four, two, two, three, four, five, one, uh, three, two, three, four. And I was like, what? No. My, my, no. What, what I was trying to hit here was like uh, a visual, <laughs> a visual like um, um, cue. Uh-huh. And but then clearly that was not a philosophy that Jason could work with. Mm. Um, not to discredit or invalidate like where he's coming from. Also, like it, it's 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 from a like well like mean place. Um, and it's it's more things like that that we're like, no, we can add a yeah. add a damn note. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like adding not, a damn note. <laughs> no, stick to the damn formula. It has to be four four. So, <laughs> so going going off of this, what have you learned from him, and what have MJ learned from Jason over the past couple of years of working together because uh, yeah. you guys represent Homeground Studios. You guys yeah. aren't entity. You guys are not Homeground slash Jason, Homeground slash yeah. MJ. So what have you guys learned from each other? And yeah, how is how 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 has the growth of the studio been? I would say I've learned acceptance. I've learned no, the thing is right, what I've learned right is that my formulas have blind spots. Ah. Uh, right. Being mm. fixed in formulas have blind spots. Mm. Yep. Right. And like uh the reason why I say chaos is because uh Honestly, I feel like you can have order, but order usually brings about this whole like problem of blind spots. When you're too orderly, when you're too, when you're too, have you heard of this thing where like if you're too perfect, 
then like you're e- it's more easier to throw you off and make you like fall and fail. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. because you're, you're too rigid. So a lot of systems, especially in COVID-19 now, right? So you see a lot of countries, right? The reason why they fail is because their systems to develop, to fight against like, are to, to, for the hospital systems are too perfect. And so it's not perfect. designed for something that's so crazy like COVID-19. And changes on the day. Like changes, the yeah, yeah. Like it changes everything. It changes the game. So it's designed, it's designed on this equilibrium, right? It's mm. in this odd, perfect order. This is our hospital systems. The moment COVID-19 hits, it disturbs the equilibrium. And because it disturbs the equilibrium and because everything is so imperfectly in order, one thing falls out, everything crumbles. Mm. And that's what you're seeing in America. They, it was it was perfectly in order. It was in perfect equilibrium. And yep. then like COVID came in and just broke one piece. Just mm. not a house of Everything topples. Yeah. Everything topples like a house of cards. Yep. So sometimes too much order, you're building, you're not building like the perfect castle, you're building a house of cards. Right? And all you just need is one person to flick the card out and then like it goes down. So, so what MJ, I like is chaos. MJ is the one that flicked the card. It's just in like, yeah. you know, this music thing that we do as non-essential uh, members of society quickly became uh, an analogy for society. Take that. Yeah. <laughs> So, so yeah. MJ, what 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 have you learned from Jason? Then? Uh, well, where do I start? Oh, um, have you even learned anything? Nothing, um, nothing, nothing, nothing. I he's like trying to make up shit now. <laughs> my my therapist, my therapist taught me to 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 learn uh, acceptance and tolerance <laughs> and <laughs> and that uh, people from you know another place in the world. Has a different lens than you. Oh, uh, about Jason, I right? That, yeah, <laughs> I know, right? Why I say that <laughs> is because fun fact, guys. Jason is half Bhutanese. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. I'm oh. gonna I'm gonna tell you, Kevin. I'm gonna answer the question for both of us. <laughs> okay. We have learned nothing from each other. Okay. We just well, learned to coexist. Like. We just learned to coexist. And I think. And yeah. I think. Okay. To be more serious. Uh, to be more serious, I'm absolutely, absolutely, damn grateful that I found a business partner like Jason. Yeah. Because it has occurred to me that. Um, that man like finding a business partner that is tough yeah, yeah. and then especially if then you know if, if I'm already expressing finding one person is tough finding a microcosm of like other business partners is gonna be infinitely tougher and uh, I can only imagine the reason why like I'm on this like I'm on this uh, podcast with him right now is that we do admire each other's like yeah. industriousness and concierge <laughs> for some part uh, we do work hard uh, sometimes to, to a point where I think it starts becoming unhealthy but I think we're learning <sighs> he's just taking pot shots at me throughout this whole podcast <laughs> pow pow yeah, you? if you can't see right, the amount of pot, pot shots he's taking at me he's taking a lot of pot shots that was a pot shot at me because I just worked the last 14 days straight 14 and before days. that I took like 2 days break and then I was working the last 33 days straight Yeah. so like no, but, uh, like you see like a lot of things like, like for example I am all about like he's about work life balance I'm all about like Oh, he's about work life balance? Now. Uh, Only now. Only now. Only uh, now. Yeah. Before that, he was like me. Uh, we were fucking insane. MJ uh. circa 2019. <laughs> no. <laughs> so like, but the thing is like, what I've learned and what I appreciate MJ, right, is that what you learn from having people who are completely different from you and coexisting with them is that you learn, right, to cover your blind spots. And mm. that's why I feel like Homeground is such a solid fucking company because uh, you can come at us from any angle, right? But because I cover one, one end, like let's say you want to come from my back, so you come from my blind spots. MJ's got me. And if you want to come for yeah. MJ's blind spots, I got the blind spots. Yeah, yeah. So no matter where you come, you can't attack us, except in jazz. But because <laughs> uh, fuck jazz. I'm sorry, guys, but jazz is a terrible fucking genre. It's damn fucking complicated. No one really understands it. It is time. It is done. Relax. And you know, find me a jazz musician who's not cocky. 
Okay? Oh, Find yes. me one guy who's not cocky, tell him to come to Hong Kong Studios. I will totally like admit defeat there and then. I will say jazz is amazing. Ooh. But like, yeah, I, 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 I detest jazz because it's just like, I had bad experience with it. I had bad okay. experience with it. Like, just in terms of like, just the musicians who play jazz, like they're, I mean, from school, like I think music school, if you play jazz, you're like the, the jocks. The god, yeah. Yeah, you're like Interesting. the jocks. And then, but then they're such assholes. Like, but because musically, it's tough. Yes, because it's yeah. the toughest musical genre, right? And it's respected as the toughest musical genre. Mm. So when I say fuck jazz, I'm not saying fuck jazz the genre. Jazz is the genre is amazing. I'm saying fuck the musicians <laughs> who play jazz. Because most of, most of the time, right, they're dicks. Okay. They think they're better than everyone else. Mm. Most of the time, they're like that. And uh, if anyone dares to challenge me on that, fight me. Because if you're pissed off by this, you are the dick. <laughs> it is true. It is true. If you're pissed off by this, right, I am, I am speaking the truth. Because you're like, I'm not a dick. I'm like, bro, yeah, yeah, yeah. the fact that you think that, you are a dick. Right. So like, like yeah, but like, that's that's the thing that, that I think that Homegrown Studios' brand's about is that we we basically are unique in, in the sense of how we approach music because you have yin and yang. It's a balance, I would say. That's what I realized from Homegrown Studios. Compared to any other studios, you go there, you're like, oh, you know, go Homegrown. Uh, like right now, when you work with me, you know me as the pop guy. When you work with MJ, you know him as a string guy. You know what I mean? He's more of the- The what guy? The strings and String like, the guy. like compositional. Still don't like the viola. Okay, la, still yeah. like the viola. I'll start referring but, to MJ as the, the string yeah. guy. No, he's like, not the string guy. That's a degradatory term, but like the compositional. <laughs> yeah, how dare you? Yeah, sorry, sorry. He's a degradatory term because he doesn't like just that? do strings. Like he does orchestration and okay. more. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, like he's that guy. But like, when you look at me, I'm like, huh, bro, I don't, don't tell me to do orchestration. I have no idea how to do. Mm. You know what I mean? But I can make you a hit, hit pop song. But I can see that there's a level of respect between you two. Yeah, potshots and all that, but I yeah. still see a level of respect to how 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 you guys cohabit within yeah. the same space. Because I can't do what he does. Mm. I like to believe he doesn't. He can't do what I does, but he always begs to differ. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> so how many hits you have under the LMG? Jason, Jason, stop touching my leg, Jason. Uh, <laughs> well, anyhow, yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm just very curious to know uh, both your thoughts on this. Hey. What? still interest you about music today? Ooh. I think I can go first on that. Yes, please go first. You know, you know what's the, the I mean, getting around answering that question, the, the toughest part about doing this is that, and what makes me sad sometimes is when I do get, like, you know, find myself on the way home or to, towards somewhere, I don't listen to music anymore. That's so you listen to noise, because, because and and I'm I'm about to get to that actually you're you're half correct okay um because man I'll, do our ears get tired like after a day's work like listening to tracks over and yep. over and over yep. again I mean if if uh you know for the, for my friends at in the camera department when you, you look at colors that are saturated things like that like you get tired as well yep um likewise with with listening with yep. hearing um and and it comes down to for for me right now. There are like seven notes in a key before you reach the next octave. Sure. Right? And I'm just so, for me personally, I'm just so sick and tired of that really. Seven and, notes in, okay. And like the the redefined um, um, ideology with music for me is I'm listening to textures, man. Like um, when I say textures, look no further than say like a film like Blade Runner 2049. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that movie barely had any melodies to it like okay once in a while comes in with a piano that is like fed with like reverb like crazy but half the time it's just like 
shit like that. Is that ever conscious of hearing? Can you even hear that? No, it's it definitely just- can. Okay. Yeah, it, it's within it's within your hearing range. And that is things that get to me now. So if you're ever taking a train with and you're sitting across a guy like myself, you can be assured that he might be listening to some weird, obscure shit that you might not be into, uh, unfortunately. But it is very interesting because like, it is also another, once again, another form of storytelling uh, mm. that is not serving its own purpose, but it's serving a purpose of something that's beyond the its own spectrum. Uh. Uh, and I think that to me defines what music meant to me now. That it's like, it's always about pushing the envelope. It's always about this used to be a thing. Now I don't want to do that. Let's try something else right now. You know, like with music, it used to be like notes, like string, string them up, uh, create a phrase, then it becomes a melody. Yep. No, let's let's undo all of that. Let's do the com- the complete opposite of that. And it's this like invention and reinvention, <clears throat> yep. a creation and a, a destruction yep. that I think is what music represents to me. Now. Okay. Yeah. Jason. For me, I see, okay, I see music as like basketball. It's like a sport. It's like a sport. It's like a sport. Like okay. I'm, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make, I'm trying to make hit songs, not um, not a chance thing. Yeah, but a factual thing. I'm trying mm. to trying to make Max Martin a reality. Yeah, you know I mean mm. like again in Singapore, Jason Gilton. Yes, <laughs> put my name in the 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 eons <laughs> of history <laughs> in the history books. Put Bhutan on the map. <laughs> From Bhutan to Singapore. And back yeah. to Bhutan. And back to Bhutan. Oh, I cannot, like, that, you know, like, like, that's my goal, you know? Like, I, I was I was born in Singapore by a, by a Bhutanese father and a Singaporean Chinese mother. And then like, I found my roots. I was doing music, did this shit. And then I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to go back to Bhutan and be a farmer at 65. Ooh. Wow, some real gang Farm shit. music. Right, real gang shit. You know what I mean? Like, no, but I, in, like, I see it like a spot. Like, I want to make like hits consistent. I want to, I want to consistently like make the best music in Singapore. Cause I feel like we always get looked down upon mm. as like inferior to our Western like countries. Like, oh, Singapore music not as good as uh, LA music or like uh, UK music. I mean, so, even regionally, yeah. Yeah, even regionally. Yeah. Mm. People like, oh, Indonesia is a better place to be at. Yeah. So like- You were like, speaking in, about Malaysia before as well. Yes, Malaysia as well. Like what I want to do is I want to to bring about like, oh, Singapore has the goddamn best production quality. It is almost LA level, mm. right? And I see that as like a spot, you know, like, okay, so how can I refine my, my vocal production so that it's on par with LA? Oh, so this is how an LA person produced. I will watch a YouTube video. Okay, I'm gonna like have to do that. Oh, this is the speed they work at. I'm gonna work at that same speed. It is, oh, this is, they work seven days a week. Oh, I'm gonna work seven days a week. You're gonna work eight days a week. Yeah, I'm gonna work eight days a week. I'm gonna create one day a week, you know? I'm gonna add 52 days mm-hmm. to the calendar because I'm mm-hmm. that fucking good. Mm-hmm. But basically, like, like I see it as a spot, like, and it's, that's the fun part for me. It's like, it's, it's, it's challenging, right? That, that, yeah, sure, like, it's the same genre, but, Okay, I take this a lot from when my first ever mentor, I'm not going to mention his name because fuck him. Okay. <laughs> he who shall not be named. He shall not be named. Okay. But he sent me this video about Jiro. You know Jiro Sushi? The sushi guy? Uh, Jiro Sushi. So he okay. runs like Omakase Sushi. Okay. And so like, it was this crazy part where like, I got this whole mentality from that that documentary where basically like, if you want to, um, what's the first thing you do? The first thing you do is if you want to even touch, before you even touch fish, you got to cook rice. Sure. Then you gotta cook rice for like two years. Oh. You got perfect cooking rice. Okay. Then you gotta cook egg. And for the next two years, you cook egg. Mm. And for only for those two years, you can cook egg. And after you perfect cooking egg, and that could take you from two to five years, by the way. Oh, jeez. Then you smoke fish. Okay. That's another two years. 
So collectively, that is about like six nine, years already. six. Okay. You're working at a sushi restaurant. You have not touched fish for six years. Mm. Then they let you touch fish. Mm. Then you cut fish. You don't get to serve it at the counter yet. You cut fish for another four years. Just cutting and prepping the fish. Yep. Four years. Ten years in the in the restaurant, you are finally allowed to go to the front to start serving sushi. Mm. And that's how much dedication they have to that craft. Which is why like when you go to eat at Juro's, it's fucked up expensive. Because these guys, right, the moment you see them, right, these are not guys that, oh, we found them on the street like two weeks ago. These are guys who've been doing it for 10 years already. Yeah. And they've been training for 10 years in the back. You don't see them every day, but they've been training in the back. And so you see them when they finally go on there, they do it with such grace because they've perfected cooking eggs. They've perfected everything before cutting. The only thing is now, right, is stuff. So what about that appeals to you? Because that to me, right, is like perfection in every, to mm. achieve perfection on the stage, you have to have perfection behind, before that. You can't just like, like you want the limelight because for them, right, serving sushi is an art, right? It's a craft, it's a performance. Like you got to spread the, the soy sauce and put the wasabi and you serve it straight to the customer. That whole performance. And the reason why you join us, uh, Omikasi Sushi Restaurants for the performance, correct? But before they can even get there, they had to spend 10 years. You know what I mean? Mm. And if they suck, they will never see that limelight. You know what I mean? Like they will never ever get to that point. If they can never cut properly, right? They'll never see it. They will just be at the back forever. Yep. Right. Until they get to a point where they're good enough. So it's, it's that dedication to mastery. And that's what I mean by like, why, why I'm, I'm like really focused and I'm okay with music doing the same thing over and over again. It's because, right, you have to do the same thing over again to master it. That's what I'm trying to get at. Like, like uh, when they cook egg, they cook egg for two years. It's just really the same thing. There's no- How, how many times can you cook egg? Yeah, to, to, yeah. But to them, it's like, okay, like the, the nuances, softness, feel, mm. taste. How long you smoke it? How, what kind of eggs you use? Whether or not you get the right kind of eggs or the wrong kind of eggs. You know what I mean? Like like everything, the way you crack it. Are there any shells? I think like, at a certain point, you transcend the product and you go into more abstract concepts. Yeah, right? but yeah. the thing is they, they were like in the movie, in the, in the documentary, they focus on all these small things. Mm. How much you beat the egg also matters. No, I'm not joking. Okay. I'm serious. That's how much detail to put into it. Okay. Like if you overbeat the eggs, their egg would turn out wrong. Interesting. So it's when you, when they have, when they pass right, they have beaten the eggs perfectly for at least six months. Uh. Think about <laughs> it. They have cooked the egg perfectly for six months. That means they have beaten it the right way, salted it the right way, got it the right way, f- cooked it the right way, served it the right way, yep. and cut it the right way. Like, yep. just, just think about that. For six months consistently, right? They, they served the perfect eggs. Like, and then, and then they got the cutfish. That's insane, And then I mean, you got to cut things perfectly, the right? Yeah. Like for like four years, right? That means that means within this four years, right? You got to be able to deliver six months minimally, right? Of like the perfect fish, no mistakes before you have to get to the front. So when they are at the front and the counter, right? The reason why you will never have a bad experience at Giro is because these guys have never fucked up for like ten years to get mm. to where they are now. So they're gonna fuck up in front of you. Yep. Rest assured. Rest assured, they're not going to fuck up. You're going to get the best. There's like nothing else they could have done, right? To get themselves ready for that performance mm. at the front. And like for me, it's like when it comes to music, like, okay, so what I did for my, for my career is basically that I just vocal edited for like one year straight. Yep. Then after that, I learned how to record for one year straight. After that, I learned how to mix and produce for one year straight. And then I learned how to mix and produce for another year. And then now I'm still learning how to mix, produce, master. Yep. So like I'm trying to build it the same way Jiro is, they're trying to build. So like my goal is in 10 years, right? I've managed to achieve that level of perfection yep. that uh, most people. And the thing is, even when they're at the front, right? There's a whole new craft, by the way. For oh. them, it is ensuring that the way they salt the soy sauce on the sushi, the amount of soy sauce they use on the fish, the amount of wasabi they give yep. is the perfect amount. Mm. That's the next craft. Yep. So they never stop. So even at the age, so the, this guy, like, so sushi, I mean, as in general, is simplistic, right? It's cut fish. Mm. Or fish rice, yeah. Putting on rice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's nothing really different about it. For them, it's 
you got to cut the fish in the perfect slice, right? Put the perfect amount of wasabi and the mm. perfect amount of soy sauce. You got to put it on that that perfect amount of rice so that when you eat it, right, it doesn't over one doesn't overpower the other. Everything is in the perfect perfect balance, right? And that balance is what they see. Yep. So when you see Jiro, and at that point in time, I think when I watch, I think he's probably passed away by now. But like at that point in time, I'm watching, he was like 75. He was still saying like, I have a lot to learn. <laughs> and he was like serving sushi for 45, yeah. 45 fucking years. Yeah. Like he's been serving sushi for 45 fucking years. And he's like, I got a lot to learn. That's a- I'm nowhere close to like being great. And like he runs one of the best omakase restaurants in Japan. And he's just like, nah, I'm not there yet. And like that level of craft to me, right, was when I watched it, I was so impressed, right? I was like, okay, you know what? I'm 100% sure nobody, none of my peers do this. Like, like when people ask me why I became such a good vocal producer, I'm like, none of y'all are going to sit for one year and vocal edit. Mm. If you do it, you'll be me. You just need to do it. Right. But no one's going to do it because it's boring. Yep. It's not limelighty. They want to be, I'm a producer. It's not glamorous. I'm though. a mixing. Yeah, I mean, but like when you do that, right. And you, I saw I've nailed my fundamentals to such a point, right. That honestly, I'm not very talented. I'm not very really good either, but I've nailed the fundamentals to such a point, right, that like people just respect me for the fundamentals. So no matter what, right, I will be the best at the fundamentals in Singapore. Mm. Yeah. And that's why I feel like that, that is lacking in like uh, a lot of people when they do music is they always want the limelight. They want the, oh, oh my God. But like, if you can't even get your fundamentals right, like singing properly uh, or like for producers, it's like even fucking tuning properly, vocals, mm. the mixing. If you can't even get your ingredients to the song right, how are you going to get a good song? Mm. Like, right. Fair point. And yeah. I always bring it back to the sushi analogy. If the guy who cuts the sushi doesn't know how to cut sushi, like cut the fish, how are you going to make sure that, how are you going to be sure that he can, you can put the right amount of fish onto the right amount of rice? You're telling me that you want to be able to put the fish on the rice with the right amount of sushi or wasabi and soy sauce, but you don't know how much, how to cut the fish. Mm. You want to cut the, you want to serve the egg, but you don't know how to cook the egg? Or you want to do even like serve the rice and make sure the rice is the right temperature, but you don't know how to cook the rice. Yep. You can't run, right? And, this, and so when I found out that analogy, I was like, oh my God. Like, it makes that sense, makes so uh, much yeah. sense. Like, the reason why they're only there is because they cook rice for, for so long, right? Mm. So he knows what's the perfect temperature for the rice. He's cut fish for so long. So when he cuts the fish in front of the customers, he knows how much to cut. Yep. And he, the only thing he's learned is how to soy sauce and wasabi. Yep. That's it. And that's amazing to me. And that's like how I see music. I see it as a sport. Like it's a perfection. It's a craft to continue like refining and refining and refining again and again and again until I get to a point where like it's perfect. And then after that, it's recreating it. Mm. Yeah, consistently. God damn it, Jason. We haven't had dinner and you're just talking yeah. about sushi for the past like couple yeah, of minutes. Man, I'm not hungry now. <laughs> Two, one, and we're back from our alcohol and smoke break Ooh. and our toilet break. Okay, so Jason, you talked about uh, Jiro just now, yeah, and you talked about the insane levels of dedication one must have mm-hmm. with regards to uh, the craft that you want to pursue. Um, I want to get both your opinions on this as business owners. Um, do you think that there is a fear of losing out in whatever way uh, if one were to dedicate? their entire lives to a particular craft or a particular subset of craft because um, the idea of craftsmanship, I think in Singapore, these days, there are a lot of different professionals trying to up their game. Mm-hmm. But when I was growing up, the, the idea of craftsmanship is lost upon me. I would look to the West. I would look to people uh, taking apprenticeship. Uh, and, and the idea of having a mentor is, is, is particularly... Um, exciting because you have someone to you you really look up to and you someone to learn from so 
for, for me in particular, with regards to, to art and creativity, I learned a lot from the internet. So what, what, what I want to know, uh, both your opinions with regards to hiring people, what, 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 what do you think is particularly lacking? Yeah. Do you think that there is a fear of oh, dedicating myself uh, to one particular industry for fear of losing out in whatever ways? Yeah. You know, my honest opinion. Yeah. Yes. You see nowadays people are like always preaching what life balance. Mm. Like they're always like, you know what? You got to spend time with your family. You got to spend time with your kids. You got to spend time with your dog. You got to spend time with your girlfriend. But the way, sorry, the way I see it. Right. Okay. And this is then fucked up. <laughs> Please. I would say family is very important. Spend time with family. But I, what I see with girlfriends is until she's my wife. No. <laughs> the craft girls got come first because uh, you, you could spend, uh, I come from like, uh, my background is I had two long-term relationships, each one lasting four years, one lasting three years. Yep. And they both ended. So if I dedicated my entire life to my girlfriend at that point in time, right, that means technically I dedicated my life to nothing. Because it just dissolved. It, it just dissolved. Uh, so that everything you just invested for the last three to four years is gone. So, but the thing is, when you invest three years to your craft, that doesn't leave. It, it kind of stacks upon each other to yeah. some degree. When you leave, when you invest four years into your craft, it doesn't leave. When you invest ten years, it doesn't leave. It stays there forever. You will always have that ability in your in your the back of your head. But um, a lot of people nowadays they want to preach work life balance because, uh, you know, it's about mental health. We are about like enjoying life as you live it, and um, and and that's okay. Like the thing and the problem is like a lot of people think that I would say that that's not okay. I think that's okay. Mm. It just depends on what you want to leave behind in this world. Mm. So what I want to do is I want to be so good that I leave behind a mark on this world, yep. right? That my my like little grain of sand in like the whole infiniteness of time, like method, right? And like to do that, right? You can't. You have to sacrifice. Yeah, you know I mean, you can't. You can't like. Uh, I want to be great, and then like, but what eat forty hours a week, mm. like everyone else. There is um, it just doesn't make sense if you if you think about it like that. If yeah. you forty hours a week. Eight hours per day. You don't even work on the weekends. Mm. Yeah, you won't be great. You will be average because everyone else is doing that. If everyone else is working ten hours a week, then you'll be great. Mm. Yeah, I mean, but everyone else is working forty, and you're working forty too. So that is the definite by definition average. So if you want to be great, and I will look to for me when it comes to being great, I'll look at Elon Musk. Okay. And so like the reason why I work so much, I work seven days a week, six seven days a week. I mean, I need my breaks too, right? Mm. Uh, is Elon Musk said if you work a hundred hours a week. Right, where everyone else works forty, you can technically achieve what everyone else takes a year to do in four months. Mm, that kind of contextualizes things. Mm. Yeah, it was it was it was either four or three. Is it one of these two things? But yeah, I think it was four. But yeah, so when you think about that, right? Think about the compound effect. So like a lot of people when they hear that they go like, oh, okay, so like if I work for four months very really hard, I can achieve what I do in a year, and then like after that I can you know they part they fuck off right? yeah, <laughs> yeah, they part the rest of the year. <laughs> what I think is. Okay, four months. Uh. So we have four four months. Uh, four four months. So it's four quarters. Eh? Three yes, quarters. We only have four quarters in a year. Unless, sorry, sorry, sorry. unless your year is different. Uh, uh, four thirds. Four thirds. So one, uh, three thirds. We have basically it's thirds, right? Sorry. Nine months. La. We have no, we have uh, three four months three, in four one months. year. It's close to 12, right? So okay. four months to 12. So like, like technically we can do three years of work in one year. So that sounds honestly quite okay. Do you exponentialize it? Two years, you can do six. Three years, you can do nine. Then in four years, you can do 12. Think about it. If you work four years at 100, 100 hours of work week, right? You, by, let's say you work from 2024. You have the experience of a 32-year-old. Mm. At 24. Now imagine you do it one more year than that, right? Now at 25, 35 years old. 
26, 28 years old. Mm. By 27, you have the experience of a 41-year-old. That is the level of exponential growth in compound effect, yeah. right? Because in age, right? Yeah, sure. You only have five years in the industry. In hours, you have the hours of a 41-year-old veteran. Yep. Right? Same hours. Y'all do the same thing, right? You're matched in hours. Yep. And the thing is, it really, at that point in time, it doesn't matter about the years, what? Because technically, the only reason why you think about years and experience, you think about hours and experience. Yep. So you're just comp- you're just consolidating the hours smaller and smaller into a, a more finite space. So the reason why I work so hard is that right now, I want to operate at the level of a 35-year-old veteran, right? The way I use my program, the way I'm so used to it, the way I experiment, like the way I work with it, it needs to be at that level. Because a lot of the people that I need to compete with are veterans. Yep. They're like 35, 36, 37. Yep. So when I was 22, I knew that, I knew that, fuck, I'm going to go up against the 40 years of this industry. There is no way I'm going to compete if I work at their level of 40 years per hour, 40 hours per week. Yep. But if I put my head down, keep quiet, just do a hundred hour work weeks for the next four years, I'll catch up. So what people are seeing now are just the result of that. And they don't see the... They don't see the hard work. They will say like, oh, you know, you're talented. And that's the best part. Where four... Dude, four years ago, we met. Marlon used to say, I'm his right-hand man. I was nobody, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I just kept quiet and did my work. And then four years later now, I run the business. Is it insulting when someone says it's talent? A bit. But like, I get why. Because like, it's very unfathomable to think some guy works seven days a week. People at Zender don't believe it until they saw me did it. Like, they always heard stories that I work this hard. Dude, they actually came out on the weekend. They're like, bro, you're here. Like every time they come into the studio now, they're just like, he's here. <laughs> I just have the assumption that you're constantly working or that's all. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> the thing. Yeah, so that's the, the thing. Like, like people just had this assumption that, oh, it's, you know, he's constantly working, but it's an assumption until you actually see it. Yep. But and then when you actually do it, you go like, what the fuck? See, when you see it and you hear about it and then you actually do it, then you realize how hard is it when you do it? Because honestly, there are days where I break down. There are days where I throw marks at the wall. <laughs> So what, sorry? Marks. I have marks at the wall. Yikes. Like, I lose, I lose my shit. You lose because, it, la, yeah. Yeah, because it's tiring. There are days where, like, I just cannot focus because I'm exhausted. Have there been times that you wanted to just fuck it and... Yeah, just off. fuck it out. Like, sometimes I just, I'm just like, fuck off. Ah. I'm done with music. I'm done. And, like, but the thing is, you power through everything, right? Because you want to get to that, that, what you envision as the golden, like, the end of the Golden Gate Bridge. You know, the end of the golden path. Okay. You know I mean? The That level of, like, like, you are that good. And so, like, a lot of people, when I tell them, like, I am the one-man army, right? I can do from recording to mixing to mastering to producing, right? They're like, you confirm suck at one thing. And I'll say, yeah, I suck at probably mastering because that's the newest thing I'm learning. Yep. I, I'm, I'm not the best at it. But people still hire me for it because I put enough hours to it. And people hire me to do the whole thing, right? Mainly because, like, a lot of people will be like, huh, but he, you know, how the hell would he say that he has done, like, all these things? But for me, it's like, oh, I spend 100 hours every week doing all of these things for the last four years. Mm. So by compound effect, right? I've spent 12 years working music. I am at, effectively, I began 22, right? So if let's say I spent 12 years, right? I should be operating at a 34-year-old level. Mm, that, that is the image you have in that your mind. That is my or? image I have in my mind. Yeah. I'm operating at that level of a veteran. And yep. like, but I'm only 26. Yep. So like, that's the part that shocks everybody. Because when they see me work, and I think uh, MJ will agree with me because this is my bragging moment. I'm one of the fastest guys to use Cubase in the whole country. I think everyone should watch Jason. Like how he performs in the studio. It, it is pretty amazing. What, 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 can, can, can you elaborate what's, what's so amazing about from, from one veteran, from, from one person who knows what he's doing to another? Uh, I mean, where do I even start? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know he's clicking some of the time. So he's, yeah. he's just like jerking me off. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, fuck, I gotta jerk him off now. <laughs> yeah, I got cornered for this. Uh, <laughs> 
Uh, I'm just here drinking my beer. Uh, anyhow, I, I I mean, I think I could bring up one case study here, which is uh, a bit of like a technical flop for one of our clients. It was a pretty big client. I, I mean, I'd want to disclose who they are. Yep. Uh, they were just coming in to record voiceovers, right? Yep. And um, pretty simple job. We just want to kind of kill it in what? Like five, what, hour. uh, it was five hours we booked. Five hours, yeah. So in but, your head, it was a five-hour job. Yeah. But okay. because of the, the initial technical flop, like it kind of eaten up like a good 40, to, 40 minutes to close that to an hour kind yep. of situation. Yep. And mind you, we were projecting once again five hours to yep. get this whole job done. Yep. We killed it in, I think, like three and a half or something like that. Three, yeah. yeah. Even, off, even taking even into account the 20-minute fuck-up or whatever. No, the yeah. one-hour fuck-up, yeah. yeah. So yeah, there's yeah. a tech issue. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And then it was, I mean, I'll, on my side, I was just liaising with clients, yep. and this were—I mean, these were uh, people that I know from the industry. It got me a little bit worried personally that they, they are, the first impression that we are setting is coming from a place where oh shit, like you know, there are a couple of things that are going wrong with yep. the the hardwares and the technologies yep, yep. that we have on our side. But I think we kind of made it up by just underrunning and killing it. Uh. Yeah. Um, and that's unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> Because, because I've been tasked to jerk Jason off. Uh, that's, you know, bec- uh, all to the credit of like Jason and just ho- like how damn fast he is. Uh. And on my side, all I'm just going to be doing is just checking with the clients like, you know, hey, like um, we got we got all everything that you guys needed. Is there anything else you need? Um, and then just bouncing off ideas and that's it. Yeah. The, it's, it's the Working with Jason is the promise that he gets his side of the job done like at a maximum like inhuman level and I'll just ensure that myself the job is done which is ensuring that our clients stay happy yeah. that's it I so, think yeah sorry sorry yeah uh, no please continue yeah. oh, no, I take great pride in the fact that if you work with me for one hour it's worth another studio's like two hours but mm. I charge the same way mm. that's how fast I want to be like that's why people worry me because I'm like you go to our studio you record two hours you record me for one hour you save hundred dollars but but it's not it's not coming from a from a place of arrogance right no it's it's coming it's from place facts that, it's just, just facts yeah. like like the fact of the matter is right the reason why i want to be that good is you need to save money you're an artist you're yep. broke yep i want to make money but I don't spend so much time yep so instead of going like oh why can't you afford me why don't you be faster mm. then you can afford me i can get the job done fast like sometimes i record full songs right in like like six hours it, is that very fast like full songs like everything backing vocals and we'll write we'll write we'll, we'll record properly a lot of layers everything and people will be like that's not possible to get good takes I'm like no you just you just don't see how fast I work and like every time people see me what they're like oh shit fuck it's damn fast and for me right for the longest time I think it came as a as a chip on my shoulder because when I was working for Roland the first guy I worked with uh, my mentor he was like I'm damn slow mm. I was like fuck that I'm gonna be damn fast. Uh. I'm gonna be so fast. This guy's fucking cry. Yep. Like uh, and like that. That was what. And then second thing came out of it was artists keep telling me, "Sorry, I can't afford you for eight hours." Now I was like, "But I can't get a quality product in eight hours." Now nah, it, it really, it really haunted me. You know, this is the first year I was working in my previous studio with Marlon. Yep. It really haunted me that oh, you gotta just make do with mediocrity because you cannot finish. Yeah, because they cannot afford more hours. Yep. Then it really made me feel like blaming them and blaming them and blaming them until one day I woke up and I was like, "Why am I blaming them? Not their fault." Money very hard to earn from sing- like in music in Singapore. Why am I blaming myself? Maybe I'm just not fast enough. Mm. You know what I mean? Maybe if I went faster, then I know for a fact I can get things I want because I can get the shit done faster. They pay less, so they give me more money. And the remaining money I can use to spend on things that I want to do to push it further. Yep. 
And like, that was just basically the concept behind it. Uh. It's very like, interesting because instead of uh, putting the blame externally, yeah. which is a potential pitfall, you you took it, uh, basically. Yeah. You took it and you see what you can improve on. Yeah. Boom. Accountability. So, yeah. <laughs> to yourself. <laughs> so, MJ, what, what are your thoughts on work-life balance? And I think back to the original question. <laughs> like, because, um, as I say, back to the original question about craft and mastery, I think that is... That is something I feel uh, it's 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 changing slowly in Singapore that there is uh, a higher appreciation for craft work in any sense of the word. There is a, a pride, there is a certain sense of pride in in whatever craft that uh, the, the the professionals put out. But that is a culture that isn't there. There is no there's very little roots in Singapore that yeah but perhaps that's lost. So what what are your thoughts on what 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 Jason mentioned? I think I think I'll start with saying like two of my favorite films of all time is R, Whiplash, and Black Swan. You know Ooh. what those two films have in common? What is it? It's that they represent um, main characters that are just so hyper-fixated, tunnel vision towards what their ideology of perfection means. You know, for Whiplash, it's like being the, the most kick-ass like, jazz drama. For for Black Swan, it's, it's being like the ballerina for both like the white swan and yeah. the black swan yep. uh, rosa yep. and uh, was this at stake um, of their own lifestyles and their own well-being yep. hell yeah yep. I mean but did they arrive at the level of perfection that they were aspiring towards from the first place absolutely um, and I, you know what I, I think I'll have to be I mean I have to be honest on record here like, at least like, I don't wanna, I don't want to posture uh, be posturing um I definitely recognize the value in that and like people like that are just so hard to come by I hate to be jerking like Jason off at this point <laughs> because I feel like it's close to coming like I do need my hand sanitizers at this point <laughs> uh, he is one of those guys uh, um, and I the reason why we function as a two man team not because we want to hell we, we would love to like employ people but like have we met anyone that had has the almost forget about Jason's like level of drive, but has anyone arrived at a point of drive where I can respect and acknowledge? Mm, it's tough. Like, interesting. I'm not even as like extreme as what Jason represents here. Mm. Um, coming back around like to 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 work by work life balance, you you know what I mean. Food transparency. It's only recently that I'm trying to find what that definition means to me. Yeah. And that could mean vastly different to anyone else, right? Um, so it was different prior? Yeah, I mean, like, MJ, as recent as circa 2019, <laughs> probably probably would try to, like, keep up and, like, watch Jason 6. Uh, some of the most, like, some of the most uh, challenging uh, scenarios most recently was, like, just trying to rediscover what the idea of a, a balance means to me, like, I haven't. I still don't have the answers for it at the moment. I am hoping that it's at a place where I can still remain productive and I still can be a valuable asset to wherever I, I position myself in. Um, which then, you know, to me, after like sharing all of this about myself, it kind of amalgamates to, back to the idea of if you want to stay in this industry, particularly like the music industry, there will be a lot that would be asked from you. There mm. would be sacrifices. Um, sometimes like these sacrifices will hurt and uh, you would feel like 
you it diminishes your sense of self. But everyone has a different pedestal of what like fulfillment and meaningfulness means to them, right? Uh, so for the people that can't keep up, whether consciously or unconsciously, I respect it. And if they are aware of it, more power to that. If they if their intention is to be at the leak of say where Homeground Studios hope to traject uh, ourselves towards, or even Zendo, or even like any other audio post production houses. Uh, yeah, like I'm fully supportive of it. Just um, hang in there and just keep fighting the good fight. Uh. Yeah. I, I, I don't want to come across like what I'm saying is like, oh, if you don't work like me, you're demeaned. I'm insane. Like that's, that's just the facts. And like anyone who tries to keep up with me, honestly, I have no expectations. Like, I never expect MJ to keep up to me. You know what I mean? Mm. like I never expect like anyone my to fight the same level as I do but you know I mean I hold myself to that standard because yep. I feel like uh, as as the main man right like I got to take like charge la, and take lead la, and like you got to push further than harder than everyone else like you don't lead I don't think of leading by you know like just talk I, I, I tell you guys what to do yep. I lead by example yep. then you follow like you gotta take the you know what I mean leaders eat last like I will eat last but I will, all my guys gonna eat first like I will I will, that's that's the way I believe I'm gonna run it so I'm gonna put myself like out there but I think like like a lot of like misconceptions with a lot of this motivational you see like Gary Vaynerchuk mm. fucking like David Goggins if, if you're not I'm working Goggins, this hard yeah. <laughs> yeah Goggins is mad David right? Goggins is pretty insane fucking insane mm. but I, I love him so David Goggins is one of the the ideologies I worship for like working like like if you're working 100% you think you're done no there's still 60 more you can unlock mm. it's just what you are telling yourself mm. to break and like uh, that's that's what I do but the thing is when you look at Goggins you see a man that's insane yep he's a beast but his past is pretty incredible as well yeah. and what he did to change that yeah exactly and yeah. like for me it's like okay I, I feel like in, for him is he, he was fat he was overweight ridiculous then, ridiculously overweight so yeah yeah. yeah so like ridiculously overweight 6 months Navy SEAL Training. What? <laughs> like, like, like he was exterminating rodents and then six yeah. months later, Navy in Navy SEALs. Yeah. That change, right, was like what I felt because when I was in school, I was always looked down upon as like the guy who was not good in music. The, I was called a poser. I was called, I was only in music because I wanted to be cool, right? Because I would never amount to anything because I couldn't play any instrument. I couldn't produce well because I'm of course new to the, any fucking like like audio, digital audio workstations. Yep. And like when I'm, I'm in like a, in a course with like diploma kids you know parents who send them for like piano training since they were like eight please jazz yeah please jazz and so they, they kept laughing and like kept saying that I was shit yep. so like I was like okay you know what the only way to get to somewhere where like these people like won't be able to touch you is if you work in way harder than any of these fuckers yeah you gotta trash all these people but don't trash them in like like, oh, so they play guitar, so I'm gonna play guitar and try and beat you. No, no, no. I'm just gonna work hard. Am I do? I'm just gonna keep quiet. Don't play their game, basically. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, now whenever I talk to people, I'm damn cocky. I'm damn arrogant. But the reason why I'm I'm that way, right? And I wasn't this way four years ago, I'm pretty sure you know that, was because right, I know I can walk the walk. The but reason why I can be cocky is I can walk. You I can I mean? feel like you're still the same. I don't uh -huh. see any difference. Maybe it's a different thing yeah. with the way you, you talk to people differently, but. Yeah. Nah, he's, he's still the same yeah. <laughs> piece of shit. <laughs> you think it's a piece yeah, of shit, MJ, a but asshole. He, he's still quite the same law, yeah. Yeah, because like like four years ago, I was not confident that I could do the work. Yep. Oh yeah, you were. Uh, yeah, gosh. I was, you yeah. can ask him, I was very, very insecure. But because I like that you have the awareness to not expect everyone to run at your pace, but yeah. to, to appreciate how uh the 
the differences and how someone would take in like this whole thing that you have and personalize it. Yeah. I think that is one of the marks of a good leader to be aware yeah. that everybody is different. Not everybody can run your paints, yeah. but they can probably do something different that you can't do. Yes, yeah, exactly. Even though you try 200 fucking percent, but yeah. you cannot do there that. There are some things I cannot do because I just do not have that that neuron mapping yep. in my yep. brain. Mm. Which is why MJ's here. Mm. He doesn't need to work the 100 <laughs> hours. You know what I mean? He don't need to he run that 20 pace. 20 can cover you yeah, already. <laughs> but he run 20 can cover me already. You know what I mean? Mm. But then, then I'll just run my 100 lah. <laughs> Must be the glue sniffing on my yeah, fuck, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like his his neurons are wired differently from mine, and that's yeah. the best part. Yeah, you know I mean, like that's the best part because mine mine are wired in a way where like I can work instantly hard, mm. right? And I don't I don't see the problem in that. Like I will look at people who tell me that I'm working too hard, and I just look at them and like, haha, weak. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and like and but the thing is, I can't do strings, and I know that not no amount of hard work will force me to sit down there. And compose an orchestra. Yep. You cannot force me to do that. I just do not enjoy it. Do you that. fear stopping then? Stopping huh? working hard as hard as you have been? Do you fear that? Do I? Yeah, so Circuit Breaker was just weird. Like, I fell off hard because I I defined myself by the hard work. Yep. That moment I couldn't work hard, it's like you lose your identity. Mm. Right? And the thing is, you're not, I'm not stopping working hard because like, I wanted to. It's like you're forced to stop. Yep. The government, you are is illegal to work. Yeah, 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 you yeah. work now. Yeah. So I worked out in a different way. Like I just played a lot of video games. Mm, Jesus, I go pick up gardening or something. Yeah. <laughs> baking, dude. Yeah, I, 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 I finished like I think I finished like like five games on the Switch like in like a month, and then yep. the next month I just finished everything on Netflix. Mm. Like I just wanted to overachieve in other ways, like that were very unhealthy. But like uh yeah, but the thing is, what I learned in Circuit Breaker was um uh balance. Now that's when I start realizing like, okay, I need to fuck off and like chill, Jason. Like not everything's about war and like conflict and like being on the ball. You can like calm the fuck down and relax. So I guess that 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 has been a motto from 22 to 26, but it also takes uh, a modicum of self-awareness to know that, hey, maybe that is not the the title of the book. Le. That is just a yeah. chapter I, and you move yeah. on. I would not recommend anyone to be like me. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I would not. I would say like, if you want to, if anyone looks up to me, I'll just say no, don't. Mm. Look up to other people. Like, don't be me. Don't try to follow my footsteps unless you are really sure. Because the amount of sacrifices you have to make, mm. like uh, the amount of hours you have to put in, like it takes a toll on your in on you. Like yeah. you you lose yourself. Like there are a lot of times, like literally I have a scar right here, right? I got a blacked out in the studio and then I hit my head. I don't know where. Like, I don't know. <laughs> oh God. Like, I, like, just blacked out. And then I woke up the next day. You know, after that I woke up, I went home, showered and went back to work. Mm. And like, like that level of insanity is because like I have a goal or a vision in my head that I want to achieve that I know I'm not talented enough to get there. So I'm I'm pretty sure some like fucking talented dude can like do what I do in like forty hour weeks. I'm just not born that way, unfortunately. But I would imagine they learn a different lesson. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So going going back to what you uh, what MJ said about uh finding difficulty in employing someone of a certain amount of caliber, do you think that's because of education? Are are you guys self taught? Do you guys go to any school? And because from whatever Jason has been saying, it seems like a lot of the curriculum is self-initiated. And I think that is something that is, is I feel, uh, very important that people realize. Mm. Uh, more, more so in the creative industry because mm. I am, at least for the creative arts, um, in, in, in design and in illustration and stuff like that, there is always this big push to, to go to a university. You pass diploma to go to a university, you need, quote unquote, like a higher degree, you need a tertiary degree. And I always stand 
to to go against that notion because I always feel that uh even if I were to go to a university, I'll be learning at the university's pace. And the the idea of learning in that particular framework, I think it is pretty restricting because I cannot choose my own syllabus. And I, I've always been a big proponent of, let's say, if you want to be, let's say, a fine artist uh, and comparing it to going, let's say, to New York to study at this particular school, you should make your own curriculums, uh, go over there, network, because networking is a pretty essential part of it. So mm-hmm. I think my question is, are you guys of thought? Um, do you guys go to a particular school? And the, yeah, the, 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 the idea of creating your own curriculum to learn for the sake of learning for any particular purpose. I mean, I think I do have to remind on record that before before I got here, I was just serving coffee and tea to, to people I don't even know anymore. Also, you're not joking. Eh? I wasn't joking. kidding. That's his really job. Um, and I was, I was really doing that. And, you know, just kind of re-emphasizing whatever that you've shared. Absolutely, you know, like that. There is, I think, you know, a manifestation of an aspiration want, uh, towards wanting to be somebody. It then becomes a jurisdiction of what is your pace? How how would you like to bring yourself there? Um, is it through a curriculum? Nothing wrong with that. But if you hope to pace yourself faster, which is completely plausible, uh, welcome to year 2020. Despite COVID, there is this thing called google.com, yeah. youtube.com, masterclass.com. Yeah. Absolutely all the resources that you need. You you just need, you need only like reach out and like ask the universe for whatever you're looking for. Um, that's crazy. You know, take things like five decades ago, perhaps where like... Uh, um, a generation before us uh, used to be where perhaps you know our, mo- our moms and dads used to probably also aspire to something definitely yeah. um, and perhaps there is a denominator of people in that generation that were aspiring to something that is similar to what we are trying to achieve and acquire here yeah. were they handed with the same resources probably not yeah. and I think like recognizing that you are current like us individuals like speaking out for you guys between i don't know age 15 to even like 35 yeah you guys are in literally like the perfect ecosystem to ex- expedite whatever education or learning journey that you guys want to partake yourselves in and be the absolute like beast that you guys want to be la. Yeah. um and particularly i mean this one goes out for like people here based in singapore why wow, like it is a, an I'm I'm gonna stress this. Uh, I I probably have people disagreeing with me. Yeah. Um, I do think that we are in such a great ecosystem where people of our generation could be the the wind that turns the windmill, right? Um, mm. because take things like in let's say New York, yep. San Fran, yep. LA, uh, any of your Western Hemisphere countries, they are in such a populated and saturated market that if you want to be good. Like you either have to work at Jason's level right now as we speak, that's a guarantee. And I can't even promise you if you can have the same result. You need to know the right people. Yeah. And you have to know, need to know, know the right people. And you know, a fun fact, like I, um, J- Jason and I, you know, we, we dabble in like this audio production music business. I have to learn how to f- like figure out how to do HTML coding, like baseline <laughs> HTML coding. Mm. Uh, w- what For what reason you may ask? Like to do a mailing list for my clients. Yep. Like, you know, you want so you want to be a musician. You want to run your own business, uh, uh, audio production business. 
have you figured out like what your marketing purpose is, what your branding represents, what your philosophy and ideology is? Do you know enough clients to even like reach out to them? Yep. There's all these like peripheral non-music related matters that you kind of have to have roughly on the tip of your fingers or so. Uh. Oh, I did run myself a bit. I was feeling a little bit passionate. Sorry. <laughs> no, I, I think it's, it's fine, very yeah. interesting because it's. I, I would imagine if I would imagine things to be daunting. Yeah. So daunting in a sense, like if you tell someone, whatever whatever age you guys started, 22, 28, mm. hey, you have to do this entire list of things to not even achieve success, to even achieve a, a baseline level of, of of mutual respect within the industry. Yeah. I can imagine that to be daunting, but is is this idea of of professionalism has it always been both of your minds, or is it something that grows as 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 you progress with time and stuff like that? Uh, I learned it from when I worked for Roland. Okay. At Max Studios. Like when I first tried to leave at seven and then he f- gave me the biggest quote in my lifetime from like a non-parental figure. Yeah. And like uh, then after that, it's looking at all the other artists' work and everybody else's work and like everyone was working that amount. Like in Sing Studios, bad bad one time they were like the, if you don't work with them, you did the best. And then when I, that's when I saw it, like Roland just wakes up at 11 or no, not even 11. When I come into the studio, he's already awake and working. When I leave the studio, he's still awake and working. And like, I was like, holy shit, is this what it takes to be great? It left an impression on you. Yeah, it was like, like then he was really, he was a complete dick. He was an asshole, mm. but everyone went to him mm. because his work ethic was in, undisputable. You cannot fight him. You, you will lose. You cannot win. Like it's, he could be the biggest asshole and he was the biggest asshole, but he was also the most hardest worker I in can the, see the DNA industry. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you're like, like, fuck, I don't want to work with this guy, but like no one else works as hard as him. Yeah. Right. No one else is as good as him because he work, no one else works this hard. Fuck, okay, we got no choice. Mm. And then when you get up, there's results. And you're like, fuck, I really hit, but that's now we got a hit. And yep. Now we gotta come back. You know what I mean? Like, and you see that dilemma and go like, oh, I want that, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, I want, I want, I want that. I want that level of like, huh, even though I'm an asshole, you can you have to work with me because I'm that good. Yeah. Yep. Here's the moral story, guys. If you guys work hard enough, you guys can be assholes about it. I say you can, but you shouldn't. Yeah, you can, <laughs> but you shouldn't. That's but, the, the fact. But I think the paradox of working hard is that it's not just about the hours, it's about how you spend the hours. Yes. I mean, everybody can yeah. spend eight hours thinking that they are working, but if you spend, let's say, 60% of that time scrolling through Reddit, scrolling through Instagram, or whatever, you're technically yeah. not working, but the perception of that, oh, you're working. And then at the end of the day, let's say two years later, you find, eh, why am I so outclassed by some of my peers yeah, that are yeah. working smarter? So I think it's a, it's, it's, it's really finding that balance and what works for you, is it? Yeah, yeah. it is. It's definitely about working the balance. Like, uh, somebody might say like, oh, you know what? Uh, you could work uh, 12 hours, but I work eight hours nonstop. So I'll be like, yeah, dude, that's definitely better. Like, you could work eight hours without a lunch break or smoke break or like water break and like then yeah you beat me i uh, doing the work 12 hours uh. yeah because mm. probably my 12 hours got lunch break dinner break you know like smoke break basic necessities basic uh, necessities yeah. for me uh, maybe not everyone smokes uh, i know so i need to take breaks from music you know like maybe like 10 minutes here 20 minutes there so that's why i work 12 because i want to get that eight in but if so if i work eight i probably only get six or four you know what i mean mm. and so, this is something that you you kind of realize and you refine yeah. along the way and yeah. you continue to refine but somebody who doesn't smoke doesn't doesn't like like need breaks they could go eight hours and go home and like they would probably be okay they would do as well as me because they didn't take their break they didn't need it like so like everyone's wired differently yep but i feel like the scariest part is that that person works six 12 hours i would be scared why because then that guy would be a god because that mm. guy would not be would not need to stop like he could work 12 hours if he was like me but but doesn't need the smoke breaks or the breaks you know like the, just the relaxation breaks or the water breaks you know or the lunch breaks 
if you could go for 12 hours straight, just eating lunch for maybe 15 minutes and then going on and on, then imagine working the same way I work. The guy would be crazy. The guy would be insane. The guy would be un, uh, unfathomable. Like just. But I guess with everything we've talked about this episode, it's about balance. Yeah. You tip the skills so heavily in that sense. Maybe like Whiplash, maybe like yeah. Black Swan, something will have to give. You have to sacrifice yeah. something in any aspect of your life to of achieve course. that level of insanity or, yeah. or, or the level of genius, really. Mm. So, but then you look at it, right? And there's someone like that who exists in the world. It's Elon Musk. Yeah, literal rocket science. Literal, <laughs> literally, like, how do you do SpaceX? Tesla, he's just doing solar power rules, by the way. Yeah, he's doing right. the, the neural link as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the neural mm-hmm. link as well. Yeah. And then the boring company. The what, somewhere? The boring company. What's the, is it the flame flamethrower? Flame <laughs> and the tunnel. He's taking tunnels underneath LA just yeah, to, so he can yeah. drive faster. Like, he's doing all of that at one shot. And he he's the, like, his office yeah. is on the Tesla, like, like ground floor. Like, so that everyone can watch him work. Insane. Like, that's how crazy it is. I'm like, no, bro, I don't want my office on the ground floor. People just know that I need breaks. Like, like this guy is like, so co- can you imagine the level of cockiness he must be? To be like, I work so hard, put me at the ground floor yeah. in front of all the workers, right? To watch me work. Like, like, when you want to leave, right? you can still see him yeah, working. Yeah, like, just like, yeah, I mean, no. He's <laughs> yeah. at the fucking like ground floor also at like the entrance there. So you just like, first thing you see is he's working hard. You're just like, fuck my Interesting. life. Interesting. Like, but like he is, then you see how much he achieves. Yeah. Like, that's what I mean. Like, people it like that do exist. Uh, yeah, they, they are beasts. Uh, like, they, they are the David Goggins of like their own worlds. Like, they are beasts. And like, I wish I was like that, but I'm not. You know what I mean? And like, like that's the, I think the whole idea for me is just about like, you got to get to that level of insanity. And then after that, you got to, if you want to make change. So all this for me is a means to an end. But I want to make end? change to the Singapore scene. Mm. Mm. Right. But the only way to make change to the Singapore scene is first, you got to get somewhere. Yeah. So like the only way to get somewhere is to work hard. So once I'm somewhere, then I've some of influence from all the hard work, then I can make changes. And you kind of can see the distillation of uh, getting somewhere, working hard. What does working hard mean? You yeah. find maybe what is your weakness to start yeah. with. Then along the way, you kind of refine the exactly. syllabus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can you can't get like to like oh like a lot of people say they want to be the best musician like artist in Singapore, but like all the top acts work damn hard. You know what I mean? I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, and then like, oh, they want to make changes. Oh, like, fuck the scene. Why the scenes like that? And I'm like, oh, the music scenes like that because you don't do anything about it. It's like, I can't do anything about it. I'm like, you sure? Mm. Yeah, I mean, like, have you tried? Like, they, most of them just go around and what I'm sick and tired of is complaining. Like, it's just, everyone's complaining why the scene is this way, why the scene is that way, why is this this way or that way? And then like, no one really tries to do anything yeah. because the, the thing about trying is that there's that fear of failure, you know? If you try and then you fail, then you lose everything. But I'm like, no, if you try and then you fail, you have all the things you did before you try and you failed that you can use for the next time you do something else. You know what I mean? Uh, all the experience comes back. I think the interesting thing yeah. about failure that it is it is but another tool. For success. Yeah. That's that's what I can distill from listening to podcasts, talking to people. And I think failure is one of those things that is it kind of has a bad rep. Yeah. Like people only want to see success and especially mm. with social media propagating the idea of success or what it means to be successful. I think people tend to forget uh, failure is an important stepping stone to success. In yeah. fact, it might be even more important because success in whatever definition of it, it is but temporary. It is but yeah. a, a passing of a thing. But I think failure kind of sticks with you. Yeah. For some reason, whatever you fail, whatever you fuck up, it kind of stays with you and it's an important lesson in growth. Mm. So I'm just curious to know, Jason, do you... Um, Tangentially, do you share uh, MJ's thoughts with regards to the industry in Singapore? Do you think it, it, it's a good, because um, from, from what I can distill from what MJ said, it's it's a good place to, to, to be in because comparatively to the Western counterparts, it is saturated. There is a lot of people, 
just because of the sheer uh, history, because of just the number of people over there. Yeah, do you share the same thoughts? Oh, this is where we tangent. <laughs> yeah, we run in we run in opposites, yeah. complete opposites. Uh, I don't think it's the great place to be in. Okay, why is that? I think it's a great place to be in if you're one of the top, top X, labor X in Singapore. I think it's a terrible place to be in, a terrible place to be in for anybody else. So like, uh, anybody else meaning starting out, uh, if you're not signed, you're you're in a terrible place. Sign meaning to a label. To a label. Wouldn't yeah. that mean? A but I'm not saying that label being signed to a label is great, as in like because of the fact that you become when you sign, you get noticed, you get influence from inf- Instagram, and <coughs> oh, hopefully that's not Corona. <laughs> <laughs> Russian roulette. Russian roulette, right there. <laughs> uh, yeah. So like, like basically, it's because of the once you become somewhat label, like sign your label, you get somewhat Instagram famous. Mm. Then the Instagram money comes in, you know, and that, like that's what a lot of people make. Or like the brand deals comes in, yep. and like you get a lot of free shit. Yep. And like that's the good life, I would say, as an artist. Like you get label money, you get brand money, you get stream money. Yep. So like it's 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 great. Like a lot of top acts live a very comfortable life right once they are uh, labor act not to say they don't have to work hard for it because the moment they stop working hard they lose the labor so definitely they go back down so they have to work hard to maintain that like lifestyle but for everyone else at the bottom okay you're, you're dealing with a market where there's not enough consumers mm. and then over over saturation of supply so what do you mean by that there is not a lot of, uh, there is a lot of musicians yeah and uh, the lower tiers that are not top acts, but yeah. there isn't enough people consuming the, the, the music, music yeah. buying so, merch, going to their shows and stuff like that. Think about it this way, right? You are selling chicken rice in a country where everyone, right? Almost like, uh, maybe like uh, 20, 10% of the country sells chicken rice. We're trying to sell chicken rice, but nobody wants to eat chicken rice. Mm. Yeah, I mean, nobody willingly wants to eat chicken rice. They only eat the best chicken rice, but only when someone else does them, it's the good chicken rice. But they don't want to go around trying every chicken rice. So, yeah. But that's, and you are trying to sell chicken rice in that kind of country. Yep. That's basically our music scene in general. Because that's how saturated it is. You are trying to release music, but every Friday, there's at least four local tracks, five local tracks. Not only that, there are how many international tracks, mm. right? That you're competing with. Then you got to hope to God that there are people out there searching all through all the music to find you. Think that, not only that, they think the music is great. Right? And when they think the music is great and they listen to your track one time, right? That's for 0.004 cents. 0.004 cents. Well, that's a lot of decimal place in the wrong direction, yeah. So Elf. That's, that's your odds, dude. Yeah. Like, that's the odds as an artist. Yeah. Right. Like, I would say like, like to achieve, like, okay, like a, a million streams is probably about $2,000. <laughs> it's laughably, laughably low. Yeah, laughably low, right? Yeah. It's only $2,000. That's like someone's fucking like monthly One salary. month. Yeah. But a million streams is only that. Like a million streams is a million times someone any any amount of people listening that is a yeah, lot that's Jeez. a lot right it's yeah. only two thousand dollars okay that's how little it is and like uh, then after that you got YouTube which is not any better but so you get most from your performance but now with COVID-19 no performance so with with the Singapore society being highly pragmatic and pra- pragmatism could honestly be said as one of our governing laws mm. in society within the past, I think really the history of Singapore and perfectly well done. It's gotten us to this place of privilege that we can even okay. uh, yeah. think about uh, what what our artistic identities are and stuff like yeah. that. So how does a music artist survive these days? Let's say, not, not just talking about top acts, but beginners, people oh. who really have the passion. I think, I think the word is passion. Yeah. 
how does someone new to the industry groom this wow, particular passion? Yeah, yeah. Or do you just say, unfortunately, no, you, the, the, the bar is this, you kind of have to do this and you weed out the weak. You do weed out people that do not have that, that amount of drive, which is perfectly well and done, but you do lose the potential. I think potential is really a word yes, that potential. is kind of not talked about as much or really seen in a different light because you you may see two different uh, up-and-coming artists, one that's really tender, one that's not that tender, but you do see a certain amount of potential for some reason. It is indescribable, but it's intangible. Yeah. yeah. You want me to answer this? But like, I mean, I have a short one. La. Go, go, go. I'll, I'll just make Because I'm going to destroy our reputation in one answer. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, oh Okay, got to speak to my PR team for that. Uh, <laughs> I see it as two scenarios, right? Uh, for, you know, but our budding... Uh, musical talents in Singapore to to kind of like substantiate themselves um, despite you know a, such a specialized class of of, of um, quality that they offer two scenarios I think the first scenario is when your craft becomes a niche within your the, your market that everyone wants a piece of it so I when I say that I am referring to you know wonderful artists like Jasmine Soko for example, like she created a sound for herself that, that was unique, that is still unique, not even locally, but like regionally. And I, like we could then debate in, perhaps even internationally as well. The second class of the scenario where I would personally like to position myself in is when you have a craft that is of service to someone else. What do you mean? That means I like to write music. Yep. I like to... I like to look at a screenplay and figure out what I what I could provide uh, that would further enhance uh, this this narrative, lah. Um, and I think therein kind of lies uh, the answer as well. When I like to I, I like to write music, but I know that my skill set is meant to be of service to someone else. Mm. Yeah, is what I mean. And and I think if you kind of exist within these two mindsets. More, more often than not, these are like the two caliber of uh, of musicians that I see that tend to survive or do pretty well for themselves. So. Jason, how about you go straight our reputation right now? Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's how I destroy it. I would, Why? I would, yeah. Because I'm going to tell them straight up the truth. Sell out first, then do whatever you want after you make it. Uh, come again, come again. Sell out first, then do whatever you want after you make it. So so what does selling out look like in the music industry? Okay, let me give you an example. I have a very good case study because I I, I, I say this not because like I hold oh, this is a thought. I actually implemented it. Did it for Axel, this, this rapper called Axel Breezy. Mm -hmm. And you know, I've talked to him many times. Mm -hmm. uh, he was a rapper and he was not, he was maybe averaging about 80,000 streams, mm. right? Per That's song. not even 1 million. Not actually, not yeah, even not 2,000. $2,000. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not even okay, 80,000 80, streams. streams. That's his best playing song was 88,000 at one time. Is that considered a lot? Okay. It was, oh, it's okay. Okay. I thought, okay, you know what? Then, uh, we, I, I, uh, I uh, basically Jasmine recommended me to work with him yep. and to try to groom him. And I was like, okay, great. Um, I have a few ideas. So I'll work on your tracks for free. Yep. But let me try some concepts I have in my head. What do you I mean by that? Like I had a concept of like, if you sell out first, you can totally make a living out of it. But you see, uh, nobody is willing to try that because, you know, there's a lot to lose. Uh. Like if you're known as a sellout, you're known as a sellout for life. Is it really? I mean, like, yeah, if you sell your music, like, you're just a sellout. Especially like, in rap, right? I think reputation yeah, rap, kind of yeah. speaks. So you kind of have to portray a certain yeah. image and stuff like that. But the trade-off for me was, like, thousands of dollars for work for my end for you to sell out yeah. for free. 
right? But if it works out, you bro, you you get money. So what what did he do? Like so, what what he did was he showed me a song called Thursday, which was a very pop song. It was really him, like really just like it was, it was like the love the way you lie, but without the rap being that without rap the Eminem, without the Eminem, just so like just like, the Rihanna. Very, like GZ instead of Eminem. Very easy <laughs> to listen to, yeah. Very easy to listen to. Okay. Very very pop. Very very basic. Mm. And I was like, but this is a great pop song like I think the story is nice I think it's sweet and it might be basic but it's 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 very easy to digest and it was great like I, I like the song I related to it it's basically it's about this song called Thursday because Axel used to meet his girlfriend every Thursday and the other singer Marion Carmel used to sing used to meet his, her boyfriend every every Thursday that's kind of cute so like one of the best lines from the song was like uh, uh, love you in your worst ways even on your worst days so I was Whoa. like wow like okay like it's a it's a very heartwarming song yeah and I liked it a lot but it was just very basic Okay. Like in terms of like structure, melodies, first, everything. First chorus. But it, I knew it was a pop song. I knew it was a yep. good pop song. So I was like, okay. He didn't want to release it because it was not, um, it was not rap. Mm. And also because he couldn't get it to like mix and master it to the end because it's a pop song. You need to really do it well. So I said, I'll get this done for you. This is the song's first song you come up with. And as much as you think this will hurt your rap, like this is the, the condition. Uh, it's going to come out. I want to see how well this pop song does for a rapper who has not released a pop song in his life. Was he very reluctant to... I mean, like, at first he was, but then, like, uh, after a while, he was like, okay, he was down for it. Like, he was really down for it. Then he was okay. really, really, like, really into it. At first, he was a bit like, you know, the sellout, but, but then he was like, I got nothing to lose. You know, like, like I mean, what's, I thought it was the worst that could happen to you. Image? Yeah, image, yeah, but like, honestly, you're only at 88,000, like, nobody really cares about mm. you. No, it's okay. the truth of the matter is, okay. you, nobody really cares about you. Like, it, it, like, you can live this down as a young mistake. You're young. Mm. I was 23 I was sorry at one time I was 21 now, I was 21 and dumb you know what I mean like you can say that right like it's it's completely okay people won't judge you for that mm. and you can just disown it later I told him that like but the thing is we get to experiment and I think that's very interesting so what were the fruits of that particular experiment it is his first million stream song oh yeah it's from 88,000 to 1 million what yeah, yep. that's quite a jump yeah yeah is, is it, it, does it go back to that formula that you, you saw yes I used all this? the formulas I saw the formulas to make it. Interesting. It went from 88,000, the last single, to that single coming out, 1 million. The next song after that, the follow-up to it, now has half a million, almost half a million. Mm. Right? And those are his two best songs to date. And they're both songs that are not him rapping for, like as a rapper. So like, like uh, I mean, like, what well, the other things that like, involved in the way of uh, enunciation, pronunciation, rap flow, that I really like, like really told him to change and stuff like that. But the fact of the matter is that Jump Proof, right, that, okay, we can work. It's selling out. This shit works. Like people, and the thing is the rap scene didn't really hate him for it. That's interesting. Like rap, hard, hard rapper rappers really hated him for it. But most of his fan base were like, oh my God, it's such a sweet song. You can't hate on him for releasing such a sweet song. Mm-hmm. And that comes from a point of truth. What are you going to say? Oh, Axel uh, Rizzi isn't like a hardcore rapper. Yeah, he isn't. He's writing a song about his girlfriend because they used to meet every fucking Thursday. Like, fuck off, man. Why are you such a big piece of, such a piece of shit? Yep. Right? Leave him alone. Like, trying to gatekeep the Yeah, the you're rapper. trying to gatekeep yeah. the rap. This guy trying to write a song about like something nice and then you're trying to like, oh, he's not hard. Fuck you. He's not trying to be hard. Mm. He's trying to be like loving and like trying to be like really like kind and like, you're like and the thing is the rap scene saw that so like of course there'll be people who say like he he couldn't rap definitely uh, he sucks but like the majority of the response was like okay he got one million you know what I mean and like like um, so like the the scene's reaction also was like you can shit on him but then when he started to climb the more you shit on him the more it looks like you're jealous mm. because it's going it's going up so yeah. the more you call him a sellout the more it looks like oh you wish you had these kind of numbers and like um, after that he got a lot of gigs because now he, now his monthly listeners were really good. They were on par with uh 
when the on the year we released uh Time, which was the second song in Thursday, mm-hmm. his monthly listeners were on par with Young Raja and Faris Jabba. Two local acts as well, right? They are They're the best like rappers right now. Like yep. the most like well not best lah, but like like, like well to do mm-hmm. rappers that on, on currently in the in Singapore right now. Like the most hype, I would say. The mm-hmm. most clout. So like sorry. So like what 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 this proved right was that it works. I got a kid who was literally nowhere close to these two rappers, right? To explode and to be able to brag that, hey, look at my monthly listeners. It's the same as Farish Java. Hey, look at my at the end of the year, right? The amount of streams he got, it's the same as Farish Java. Yeah, I mean like like and, and Farish Java was like very, very popping, like very, very hot right then. So it just made him look like he was very hot as well. And that illusion got him a lot of gigs. You know, got him a lot of attraction. A lot of people wanted him on the shows. A lot of people wanted to book him for like certain like like performances. And then he started performing more rap stuff uh, during the sets. Uh. Mm. They performed the songs he wanted to perform. Yep. They didn't. They didn't. They didn't tell him what to. They just saw the numbers, but they didn't like go and check like, oh, your hit song's Thursday, so we want to sing Thursday. They're like, perform whatever fuck you want to perform like, during a set. And so then he got he built a fan base based off like uh uh the more harder rap stuff. Uh, you know what I mean? And like he that's where he proved that he could rap on stage. But yeah la, But uh, that's where also I learned that ego is a very big problem. <laughs> ego. Yes. So artists and their egos. Yeah, because what like about the, his biggest issue is his ego. Ooh, on record. Ego is in I, a sense uh, that it will hinder him from taking criticism. Does that is it work? Does it work like that? No, as in like he thought like oh he's got a million streams now he's fucking big shit lah like mm. and like my and the reason why like we kind of fell out is because I told him he's you're not. Okay. He couldn't just couldn't take it. Yeah, I mean, like, like he just wanted to tell everybody that he was the biggest shit around, and I was yep. like, bro, bro, honestly, it's just one time. Like, yep. like, uh, it doesn't matter if you do it once. You got to do it again. It's, it's the consistency, and again, right? And again, and you got to do it consistently. Yeah. You just did it once. You're one hit wonder at this point, and yeah, and like he just didn't do it. He didn't want to put in the work. He didn't want to work hard for the next few songs, right? Not the way he was before he got the million, and that's why you don't hear about him now. So mm. it's really hot in 2018. And then I was like, okay, you know what? I'm I'm done with you. And then look how fast. And he crashed super fast. Interesting. He released no songs in 2019. Like only one song that I did with him. That was the last song I did with him. Because he really did not like bother at all. And like for me, it's when I see someone doesn't care, then I just didn't care. So like that song really flopped because he didn't care about it. I didn't care about it. So I just like, whatever you need, I just give it to you because I promised three songs. I always yep. promise three songs. Yep. And you fulfilled your end yeah. of the, the, the deal or bargain and you're out. Yeah. And then I did the game with Yao. <laughs> With Yao, it's the same thing with Scenery. He had this song called Scenery. It was actually originally four minutes long. It had a whole so- solo part. We moved it, made it very poppy, reformatted it with him. We did the drums to make it more 80s vibes. 700k now. 700, wow. Yeah, and before that, he was only getting 16. 60. 16. 16. One six. One six. So it works. And then now he has a full career. One, two, and YMA is like, like Youth Music Awards. Axel won a Youth Music Awards for Thursday. They have fucking awards for the songs that, you know, these songs and like, this helps them, this sticks to them, you know what I mean? Like, they can now go like, oh, I can charge a higher rate. Yep. Why? Because I want to award. Yep. You know? And anyway, for Yao, he won twice. Mm. Right? So mm. like, like he can be like, oh, I won twice, two years back to back, you know what I mean? And like, uh, like yeah, so like, the, the whole point of them going with this is that selling out first works. Then you know, Yao is free to do whatever the fuck he wants. So in a sense, you got to be smart about it. Though. Yeah, just like, like don't don't be so afraid to. Like, a lot of artists will tell you like, oh, I don't want to sell out. I want to be true to my artistic integrity. I mean, and that's, that's always the, the initial argument. Yeah. And then you you try and you try and try. You try for one year, you try for two years, don't get gigs and you yeah. stop doing it. <laughs> yeah, but for my thing is, be okay with that. 
Like if you want to, do you want to stick to artistic integrity? Can, but don't go and like get jaded and sour at the scene when no one listens to your music. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, because you're choosing not to like, like music is still a market. Mm. You know what I mean? And if you choose to look at like, it's like, okay, like I'm going to throw this analogy out there and I use it a lot to really piss off all these like really artsy musicians because like, I feel like it's the truth. Okay. Let's look at phone market, right? Yep. The phone market. When you want to sell a phone, what would you make? You make something close to the iPhone, correct? Yeah, because it is, it, Apple has one of the biggest market shares. I mean, it's common knowledge. Yeah. yeah. Now imagine I tell you, fuck, fuck a iPhone. I want to make, I want like buttons. I want to make a phone with buttons. Right? I don't <laughs> what do you mean buttons? Like actual yeah, buttons. like actual buttons. Like back, back, back then, mm. 2010s, I love pushing buttons. Yeah. I, I want it to be a flip phone. Yeah. Right? I want no camera on my phone. Cause fuck it, I don't need a camera. I'm not very vain. But I want, I want, this is going to be my phone. Now I'm going to put my phone on the market. Right? And I hope people, and people must buy it because my phone, like, it's my creative vision for a phone. And nobody buys it. Unless it's nostalgia bait. I think yeah. it will flop very, very fast like, because yeah. the, the market doesn't want that. The market yeah. is progressing this particular way. The same with iPhone and they did, they removed the earphone jack. Mm, I think yeah. everybody called them kind of crazy because yeah. that is kind of like the status quo, but they removed yeah. it and I believe now everybody's adopting it. Yeah. So like, like you, you they think that they're doing that. Mm. But technically what they're doing is what I'm saying, which is they're trying to make their own phone and then when nobody wants to consume their good, they're like, why, 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 so, why is everyone so fucked up? So there is a flow in trends that as an artist, you should be wise and you should kind of learn how to flow with it and kind of push the needle in uh, not that much of a deviation so that people can still adopt it. But yeah. then when you get the platform to 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 kind of do what you want, then you can. Yeah. Then like the, the, the counter argument to this most of the time I hear is, Hey, uh, but the thing is, what about if you have days like 1975, you know, they set, or like, um, who's another trendsetter? Fuck. Is 1975 that groundbreaking? Yeah, I think they were. Yeah, they yeah. were. Dude. When, when like, they began, when they, they started. Yeah, they are still like somewhat now, still breaking a lot of ground. Uh, a lot of love started this whole like sad pop vibe thing that Jeremy Zucker, you know, is carry on. Uh, I, basically like, like it's, it's, he, he was the first one to do it. And, uh, yeah, like, even Halsey, when she came out, she was doing very unique music, you know what yep. I mean? But now she's doing more, like she reversed it. Mm. <laughs> she didn't sell out at first. She yep. sell out later. <laughs> 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 at first she was very artsy, then, then she turned and become non-artsy. But the thing is, the way they did it was with an extreme level of taste, right? That if you have it, whatever, I'm, you won't be listening to me talk. You know what I mean? Uh, I don't understand. Like you, you won't, like, if you have that level of taste, right? you will not look to anywhere else for advice. You're so strong in your individuality that you kind of make a mark and for whatever reasons that you can support it, if people follow you, follow you, then you move from yeah. it. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, they, they, they exude this magnetism towards them and you they pull in, like whatever they create is just unique. Like, I think we we don't see the amount of work. Yeah, we don't see yeah. the amount of work. I think that that is the perception that they they put out. They, they come yeah. out strong. Yeah. But I would I would imagine even for someone like Halsey, they yeah. she would have put in numerous amount of work that we just don't of see. Yeah. Maybe when the biopic comes out, we will get to see. Yeah. But yeah. I don't think people just come out straight off the route like overnight. I don't I don't believe. No, no. As, but what 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 I'm saying is not just like they will obviously work hard. As in like as a person, they already exude this magnetism. Like mm. this level of like, have you ever met somebody who's just like fucking insane, right? Like just like like when you talk to them, right? The level of creativeness, right? It's just like you don't understand how they think, right? Like for me, that person is Fox. Oh, I just cannot understand how he thinks. 
But his artistry is top notch. I would say one of the best in Singapore. But I just don't understand how he thinks. <laughs> like it, it just doesn't make sense. Logically, I cannot get on his level. Logically, the the stuff that he produces or his what what doesn't make sense about like that? just in every his philosophies to the way he produces right. He does things that I would just say is wrong, but it just sounds right. You know what I mean? Like like he'll say things that I'm like no, but the way he says it is such conviction. It's like oh, okay, but I agree. You know what I mean? Like I can I can. He's the first person I ever I will agree or disagree. Besides MJ, on a producing level, right. Where we, where me and MJ still come across some similarities. Me and Fox have no similarities. Mm, mm. You know what I mean? What 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 do you mean by that? That means we don't see eye to eye on anything. Like what you talk about the the formulaicness and yeah, he will look at me and be like, "You are fucking stupid." Like yeah, and I'll look at him and be like, "You are too artsy." But right, we have but he has this level of magnetism and warmth that you cannot hate him. Agreed. You and when he has this level of understanding, when he looks at you, he understands where you're coming from. He has, and then he hopes you understand where he's coming from. And yeah. when you do, right, it's like this level of balance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you don't agree on anything, but you don't hate him. But it's not about competitive. Yeah. Competitiveness. It's just that it's you just, recognize his professionalism. Yeah. You recognize his 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 take on the craft, really. And I, I recognize his artistry. Mm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that that that's why I'm most focusing on like this this level of like you know you have it. You know, like like you you will meet this singer. Then when she sings, you just Aisha has this. About what? Okay, if you don't know this, uh, <laughs> this, 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 uh, Malay singer, Aisha Aziz, uh, Fakar Faz's uh, girlfriend. Yeah. Right. Uh, wow, she's a, when you hear her sing, you just, you can't, you just, you just stop. Magic. Magic. Like, really, legit. Like, I can show you later after yeah. this podcast, right? Or anybody who's watching, just listen to her sing. You, if you're not born that way with that voice, you can train for your entire lifetime and you'll never sing like her. How, how do you pronounce it? Aisha Aziz. Aisha Aziz. Yeah. You you if you check her out, you really would. She was uh she was for me like like she was singing in this this ad with like few other like uh artists. She outclassed them. They were all using like these really expensive mics. She was just using like a dynamic mic, and she was like out singing everybody on that track. To me personally, I was like, oh my god, it's this just, girl. Uh, biological lottery, though. Yeah, so like, I'm training, saying like some yeah. people do win biological lottery, and then yeah. they excel it by working hard. That's that's the houses of the world. Those mm. are the you know like the marshmallows, the uh the, the Michael the, Jordan, the Michael Jordans, the MJs. You know what yeah. I mean? Like they work, they already know they have this talent. So when 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 me and Evan were talking about uh Evan Lowe, who Who's used Evan to be Lowe? from Zendel, okay, he's a producer. Yep, we were talking. He was he went to Berkeley, and one of the things he stuck with me was five years ago or six years ago when I was still in school. I went to his master class, and he just came back from Berkeley, and uh. Or he was just on break. I can't remember. But basically, he said this: there are there are four tiers in Berkeley. Okay. Four tiers. First tier is from zero to ninety five percent. They're only there because their parents are damn rich. Zero to ninety five. Twenty five. Twenty five. Twenty five percent. Yeah. So the zero to ninety five percent of the population are just there, right? Like they're just there because their parents are rich. Okay. Right. Then the next twenty five percent who don't really give a fuck about school, but just like do music in general. Yeah, you know I mean they're just like half hobby half, la, hobby hobby hobby. Right. And like they all like the the average lah, they're like they just try, they're the averages, right? They they don't put in extra work. Then you have the next twenty-five percent, right? And these are the people who love the school, work hard, get the shit done, and like um and you really like put in the work, right? And like you really try your best. But even the top of that twenty-five percent, I'm talking about twenty-five, like twenty-four point nine nine cannot break into the next twenty-five percent. And that's what he told me. He said like then there's the last twenty-five percent. The ones who are talented and they work just as hard as the thirty five percent below, and you were when you, and he said like everyone who goes to Berkeley from Singapore comes back very humble because you can't go there and you realize no matter how hard you work, you will never beat that twenty five percent. 
do you think that is comforting or does it devastate? You I know, think it, it kind of goes back to my point, right? <laughs> I, I, I've, I've, I've seen people go in assholes to Berkeley and then come out like really nice people. <laughs> like really <laughs> genuinely nice people. Like, 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 wow. Like, so I mean, is one of them. Weiwan used to be a dick. Like, for, he used to be his 40 cycle. But like, yeah. now he's like super nice. He's one of my favorite people ever. Like, and he just went to Berkeley and he just, you go there and, and you realize that, oh shit, I'm trash. And no matter how hard I work, I'll always never beat these people. And like, these are the- It's humbling. Uh. It's humbling. Uh, like, yeah. straight up. Uh, and like, like, uh, there are two ways you can look at it. One is, fuck, I'm not going to beat these people, so why bother? And two is, yep. I'm not going to beat these people. But I'm gonna beat everyone else. <laughs> you know what I mean? If I if I can't be seventy five percent, I'm gonna be seventy four point nine nine, and nothing less than that. Right? It, it really is the framing of it, isn't it? Yeah, like like you and like that's what he said lah. Like like okay, we can never be that seventy five percent. That's but that's okay. We can be seventy four point nine nine. At least we beat like Every, the remainder seventy four point ninety eight percent. Yeah, I mean like we're still better than seventy four point nine eight percent. Yeah, I mean then the remainder twenty five percent is just genetic lottery. Do Do you think that this is something? I would imagine it to be translatable, not just in music, in every particular field that you want to excel in. Yes, absolutely. And there is there is a level of hackery that you can you can kind of adopt it because it's about acknowledging where your place is, what are your weaknesses, and if if I guess fully dedicating your life to this particular mastery of this particular thing Mm -hmm. and acknowledging it and moving forward with it. You, let's say for example you you're like uh, you want to be Elon Musk right but you're not you're not you're not a genius like him he's a genius hands down like no no no, no, no questions asked I, I think the idea of a genius is a bit romanticized like, to me it's about okay. just certain level of insanity yeah doing one thing and then tangentially moving to another and then tangentially and then yeah. the, the accumulation of that that someone but the way he consumes or? knowledge is insane like, yeah, perhaps the brain is wild. Yeah, yeah. But okay, right? I would I would say okay, maybe maybe I romanticize he's a genius. Yeah. But I would say that he consumes knowledge on an inhuman level. No, agree. Yeah. yeah, like he just does and that. He, and his memes are pretty good as well. Yeah, and his memes are damn good. <laughs> I don't know how. I don't know how. Yeah, <laughs> he's still tweeting. Yeah, yeah, I just don't know, get it. Like, like I like, I like remember he or like Twitter like oh I'm gonna open up my studio uh, like my my factories in America. Uh, if you want, I just suggest you arrest only me. And I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? Like, yeah. no, but like what I would say like um. The the thing is, if you want to be like Elon Musk, right? So if you're aware of this, right? The way you can do it is, don't try to be Elon Musk. You know what I mean? And be, digest information like him. You, If you are a better businessman, then hire people to be the the SpaceX guy, yeah. the Tesla guy. You know what I mean? Hire the right people. If that's your strength is people. If your strength is Tesla, then hire a partner. He'll be the SpaceX guy. You know what I mean? Like if you are aware of your strengths, right? Like maybe you can't be Elon Musk alone. Then be him together. Mm. I mean, that's the reason why we as humans have conquered the earth, right? Yep. Think about it. Like, we just banded together. Our 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 ability to collaborate, our yeah. ability to talk to each other, to come to a common understanding, to work towards a greater goal. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest misconception because like, uh, most people think like, I got to be like uh, the one man army. You know what I mean? Like, I got to be the best at yeah. this one thing. And like, for me, it's like, no man, I'm going to work hard. I will always be sounding 4.99, right? But I'll find another 4.99 guy. I'll find another 74.99 guy. And together, we're better than the guy the 99 percentile. Right? There's three of us, but we'll be better than the guy 99 percentile. We can't take him on alone, but we can take him on together. It's about, it's a level of acceptance. Yeah, yeah. like, and a lot of people can't accept that. And that's why they 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 don't go that far. Because they go like, I need to be the greatest in everything. Yeah. And I'm like, no, you don't. 
just be okay. Just be okay enough to know when people are bullshitting you. Yep, yep. <laughs> when you hire right people, yep. then bring about the people who are great also, who are as good as you or even better than you. You know, like that follow you because like you know that you because they see like, oh, you're aware. Like, like, like you, you're not the great. Then you need them and they need you. You know what I mean? And then you, you can piece together the right puzzle. And so like, instead of like going out after like the, you know, mass, right? You can build something as a community, right? Together. And like, I mean, as humans, right? Also, you look at it, we can't take on a lion by ourselves. Hopefully not. Uh. Yeah. But like, you, if, you, if you see a bear and you have no weapons, right? You'll be like, what the fuck? Yeah, you run. But uh. you have 10 friends. Not that scary anymore. Hopefully can. Uh. Hopefully can, uh, but like, like not so Would scared, advise, right? Yeah. Hopefully can. Like two can go distract, then the rest yep. of you can go find something to yep. go hit the bear. You know what I mean? Like, yep. and there's eight of you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's very different compared to like, just, just one. one. Yeah. And so like, that's where I would say like, uh, music needs to come from, right? And like, in terms of hiring people, in terms of like getting, is you just need to get to a point where you're great, right? Then get other great people along with you. Build together this whole, in like this whole company, right? Of greats. And then because you have so many people working alongside you, you have this community beside you, you can take on any giant. Like, like it doesn't matter if it's Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, right? You, they are, but at the end of the day, right? Like they also have teams, you know what I mean? Definitely. They're mm-hmm. still human. They have teams and that's why they can do what they do. I think in a society, we, we kind of place an overemphasis on just one central figure. We like to, yeah. we like to have the idea that, oh, um, let's say Bezos, for example. Yeah. The success of Amazon and uh, the wide-reaching implications of Amazon and its business, it's all because of Jeff Bezos. But yeah. that is entirely not true. That oh. is a very, very false statement. And not I believe ever. it yeah. is something that he will agree because he has a team. He has multiple teams, even for Elon Musk. He has multiple teams to, to run yeah. different things. And he... But I think the very interesting thing about Jeff Bezos is people don't realize how hard it actually works. Yeah. There are pictures on the internet where you see him. I think I remember one where I saw where he is in this cubicle and there's this plastic banner I think written on this plastic banner Amazon this is when he still had hair mm. when he was working for someone else and it looked like uh, after dark mm. that level of commitment uh, to your vision and you can say fuck everybody else I want to do this I don't care if it succeeds I don't care if it fails I think that that thing is to be uh, it's something that everybody can I feel that can adopt and they can implement in their lives yeah definitely uh so yeah. Andrea, I'm, I'm very curious to know who do you look up to? Not, not just for music, but in general, because um Jason has talked about uh Gorgans, uh, Elon Musk. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh speaking to the mic, please, Uncle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I am just taking a step back to figure this out. Oh man, this is tough. Who do I look up to, sir? Well, what what comes to mind? <laughs> Apart from the man in the mirror. Uh <laughs> I think it sucks because it sucks because like you guys really took some of like the best names out there that are like, <laughs> to name no, I can anyway. same one. Can like. Maybe you, also, you see yeah. it differently. Maybe he he's like Gorgans, he see the drive, but you see yeah. something else. Yeah. <laughs> um Stress. These are not these are not exactly. Oh shit. Because like, okay, to me the most inspiring people. Yeah. Might not necessarily be the most industrious people. Sure, that's fine. Uh, yeah. man. Um, I think I think for the most part, like recently, it would have been uh this uh this uh clinical psychologist named Jordan Peterson. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, honestly, his rise to fame was isn't from the most popular like background or so lah. Yep. He. 
he, he had certain disputes correct. or he then it's very strange that a clinical professor that teaches psychology that has been releasing clips on YouTube for God knows amount of years that suddenly rise to fame and achieve this quote-unquote cult status and mm-hmm. yeah, and people started listening to him and he made a lot of sense. Please continue. And I, I mean, un- unfortunately for him, his stance was basically not wanting his country's governance to dictate what he can and what he cannot to say. To put it into la. law, yeah. Yeah. Um, I will not stress what exactly it is in detail. Yeah. If you guys want to find out. Please go look it up. Yep. Yeah, yes. Google is your friend. Uh, th- okay, the only reason why I'm bringing him up, because I think while well, you you um, you're, you guys were running like the top like 1% of like these yeah. this people, right? It got me thinking about what would Jordan, someone like Jordan Peterson, sorry, Jordan Peterson have to say and have to analyze about this top 1%. Yeah. And I, I can only imagine... Uh, and what I was about to share next is that I, if I had to classify like five qualities of very inspirational people, yep. I, I I don't even care about what their profession is, profession is yeah. what mm-hmm. their background is, like how successful their business is. It seemed to me that consistently enough, and I'm hoping that someone like Jordan Peterson agrees with me, uh, <laughs> these five qualities, like I think, you know, it starts with a, a once again, a biological lottery of of huge immense talent yep you know if you get that great if you don't have that doesn't matter it's okay we still can work with four other qualities Mm. industriousness which is how how hard hard you want to work how hard you want to crank it up yeah are you gonna you know put the time after hours um and then after that this one i feel like people tend to invalidate or discount Mm. but charisma like there's the third point right charisma how how do you convince people to, to 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 form a tribe with you? Yeah, yeah, sure. You could be a man of talent. You could be a a man of like inhuman uh working hours. But if if you cannot even win a baseline personality test, then no one's with you, If, if yeah. you're a recluse and, yeah, no, exactly, and nobody yeah. nobody even knows that how how talented you only you know how talented. Correct. That yeah, it it doesn't show. You'll just be a sufferable uh, like artist. <laughs> artists are yeah. like yep. Van Gogh or something. They probably yep. like kill himself after that. Yeah. Um. Man, fourth one is almost like empathy. Like when I say empathy, it's like uh, it's coming from a place of you recognize what first of all what your terrain is, like what kind of environment you're coming from, what your your environment's consumers need. Yep. Because if you're gonna like you know once again with the phone analogy of like putting out shit that people do not buy anymore, <laughs> mm-hmm. then I think that's coming from a place of a lack of empathy. Right? Yeah. Because no one gives a crap about this product that you're coming forth with, and. And I think finally to arrive at that um, is awareness. Uh, um, that by awareness, it's an acceptance of these are my limitations. Uh, this is my overall overarching uh, terrain. Um, and now that I've analyzed every single one attribute of this, uh, of the factors placed in front of me, I know what the best steps are moving forward. Um, forget about just the music industry for a second, but like I feel like you know if you if you could have like these five qualities, or even if you have three out of five of these qualities, man, like you guys, you are like really fortunate, really. Yeah. Um, and circling back to Jordan Peterson, you know, I think it, it's a human psychology game, uh. it, It's a how do I better refine my analytical skills from like, like a a well-placed headspace. But it's interesting because um, I believe every one of you have, have gone through the education system in Singapore. Yeah. Is this something that is taught in school? 
No. No. <laughs> I can agree with that. I can agree with that. That was no. yeah, just to... So, no. I, I guess the, the, the wonders of uh, what we have today is that we are able to leech on the global, uh, I guess... The Academia? No, the, not the, really. I, I would call it a marketplace of ideas. That there hey, are a lot of yeah. ideas that yeah, we can yeah. reach onto. Yeah. We can, we have, we we need to have the awareness, of course, to suss out what is a good idea, what is a bad idea. There is, uh, to 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 us and what will benefit us at this particular point in time, what will work for us. Like Gorgon appeals yeah. to you, but Peterson appeals to you because he is more an, uh, analytical. He can break down certain concepts are stronger. But the the drive of Gorgon and Elon Musk kind of appeals to Jason yeah. more. Yeah, and I wouldn't be surprised if some somewhere along the way you guys switch. Yeah, maybe you see something that he likes, and because that 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 is the idea of collaboration. Yeah. We are flexible beings. We we yeah. change and, and we morph into something else. So I'd like to close this episode with two more questions. Um, to to me, in the 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 creative arts pertaining to the to to the medium of illustration, what I realized recently, uh, is that everything that I, everything about illustration has nothing to do with illustration. Yeah. it is about mm. everything else around it and yeah. your your entire being and how you consume and your your take really that comes into the the, the, the final piece of art yes the the skills matter of the the, te- the technicality of it matters yes mm. but those are just tools those mm. that is not the final product mm. i used to when, when when i see a piece of art i used to ask uh what what the the, the materials what's the brush and those are yeah. very relevant valid questions but through to consuming other things i realized that those are not as important uh, if, if i'm a good artist in whatever sense that I, I describe I should be able to make good art Regardless. as to how I define it yes. yeah yeah. that needs to be part of the package really right? yep yeah. so do, would you all agree with that statement that let's say for music it yeah. is everything to do apart from just the technicalities of it you can talk about the technicalities, te- technicalities of it through to the cow some home but yeah. it only goes to serve a certain idea it only, it only goes to serve a certain vision yeah. And that there is still that maybe that fifty percent that needs to come from from somewhere that isn't just the technicalities. Yes. Yeah. Uh, here's the here's the thing. This is where I become a hypocrite, a little bit of hypocrite. So a lot of people remember I tell you about mics and warmness. Yeah. So I have one mic. Oh. One no no. It's like I have multiple mics, but I use one mic as my workhorse mic because it's like really good and I really like the sound. It's a bit dark, right? But it's very flat. So like it's it's I feel like it's very neutral. A lot of people say it's dark, but like, honestly, like, fuck them. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like it a lot and I feel like it really works. I've used that mic for everything I produced. Is, is that very shocking to yeah. a revelation? Yeah. Like people be, use different mics. Yeah. For, people will be like, what? Jason, huh? You only use one mic? I'm like, yeah, I do. I only use one mic. And like, uh, it's not because like, I couldn't, like, because the longest time I couldn't afford another mic. Yep. But then like, I learned how to EQ and work with this mic so well that I was like, hey, fuck it lah. Like, I don't need to buy a new mic or switch the mic because I can get what I get. And the only extreme cases where I need to change mic is when like, I really want to get achieve something. Mm. But like, I mean, Jasmine stuff, that mic. Thursday, it's that mic. Mm. Yao, it's that mic. Uh, Riley, it's that mic. Yep. Nathan is that mic. It's everybody's that mic. Even our corporate stuff is also that mic. <laughs> it's a workhorse mic. It's like a fucking godly mic. And like, uh, like, like it's really like a workhorse mic. And like, uh, I, if I had the money to buy more, like really like, like the kind of level, the next mic I want to get is a mic that's worth like 10 grand. There are mics that are worth 10 Yeah, you man, you have no idea. Yeah, oh, is it like a golden yeah, mic? It's, it's, it's a lot worse than 10 Yeah, grand. so that this new workhorse mic in the industry for vocals now is called a Sony C800. It's longer in production, but now it costs 10 grand. What so if you? I were ever to upgrade, right, I'm not going to go vertically, uh, horizontally. I'm going to go vertically. If I'm going to do, I'm going to buy now a workhorse mic that is like super dope and like learn how to use it to the point where like no one can fight me on that one mic. Mm-hmm. And so it got to this point where one of my friends were like, um, was saying like from KL, I was like saying like, oh, 
we didn't we were like why are all the vocals in Singapore artists all sound the same one ah? then they realised oh it's this one fucking fucker ah. like <laughs> you're the only <laughs> fucker yeah, you are the fucker that's why everything sounds the same you mm-hmm. it's you and mm-hmm. you created basically so so it's like so you really like kind of shape a, a Singapore vocal sound mm-hmm. interesting like from the top X because I work with a lot of top X right so like they say like oh there's this sound now and the sound is the sound that I made because of this one mic yep and the one mic is like this is like it's a brand that no one knows that I bought it because it was a tube mic that was 1.5k which is quite cheap and I really liked the sound I, and I saw it's really flat and I've used it ever since three two, two years ago sorry not three two years ago alright used it since two years ago and I've used it ever since and like it doesn't it didn't matter like 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 whether or not like I have more mics or better mics or like you know like or, like other people are like when they like oh you know you have to have more mics you care about this technicality or this kind of thing I'm like yeah but I mean I still make hits after all yep. yeah. it didn't matter like any other day, if you if you want to make hits, don't focus just on the gear. Mm. Any other day, you have to call, care about your artistry as in general, right? Your craft in general. Mm. That has to come true. Then the gear is just a setback. Yep. The gear has to be the on the list of things affecting your 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 craft. The last thing, or even off. Yeah, with Jasmine also like her earlier stuff. Oh, on the four hundred dollar mic. <laughs> yeah, I mean like. Like, if they're going to fault me for using the same mic, I'm like, yeah, but you can't even beat Jasmine on a $400 mic. Like, you you, you and your access to thousands of dollars, right, worth of equipment. Yep. It was me in my really shitty room at that point in time, $500 pair of speakers. MJ was there, $500 pair of speakers, mm-hmm. $400 mic, and Jasmine. Mm. That's it. That was really it. It was just like another interface, $500 mic, $400 pair of speakers, and an iMac from 2011. Mm. And I used and oh yeah, my iMac from I just changed recently to a Mac Mini. Wonderful. Yeah. Congrats. Right, finally, finally. Yeah. Upgrade, Congrats, upgrade, yeah. Yeah. Something good but, came out of this C B period. But, yes. <laughs> but the thing is, right, that 2011 iMac was what I used to produce everything in my repertoire for the last nine years. And it's a shitty iMac, mind you. Yeah, it's a shitty iMac, yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, like, people are like, huh, oh, your iMac is shit, everything. I'm like, yeah. So what does this say about you? when you have this fucking dope ass computer yeah. Yeah. but I'm beating you in an ancient computer like with a with, with a, a $400 mic yeah <laughs> <laughs> with a CD drive and a $400 mic like what does that say like okay come at me bro Dinosaurs, like, yeah like come at me bro like okay you you dope lah you have a great ass computer right but like I'm, I'm outclassing you on yep. shitty equipment yep. so imagine when I got better equipment what's gonna happen yep like yeah I mean exactly. like that's why it has to be the last so that's why I agree with you on the fact that if we over care about our, our technicalities right we are we're just not going to go anywhere we have to care more about the craft the artistry and that has to be first because that will shine regardless of what you're using and what platform you are on MJ any thoughts man I think I'm only just gonna double down on, on that last statement Gang which shit. is that you know when we were talking about peripherals and like the, the, the things that we all should be mindful about outside the primary uh, scope that that is what you actually enjoy doing. I think it, it was coming from a place where what you enjoy doing is already a guarantee that you are amazing at it already. And then um, I think my concern personally is that, I, that I've met certain individuals that are like so talented, so hardworking at that one very specific thing they do could be like, uh, playing a specific instrument uh and they don't they don't seem to recognize that there's all these other aspects of their business that they need to like to. get their, yeah they yeah. need to get into the, they need to get their hands dirty as well yeah. um you know because at the end of the day uh, i think what i stress to people especially like 
uh, people that might not be as fortunate as say myself who like am able to be in a partnership with uh, someone like Jason for the for the lone wolves out there that are like treading this path by themselves like you guys need to recognize that you are not you are you guys are not Cassandra Low. <laughs> who is a Cassandra? I don't know. I mean, Cassandra I'm just making Lowe. out a name. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, I was like, someone, I was like, who the fuck is this? Like, yeah, I've like never heard him say. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard him say this name before. <laughs> I, I was just making. I was, I'm just making out a name. But you get my point, shortly. You 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 guys are not just Cassandra Low, the guitar player, the guitarist. You you are Cassandra Low Private Limited. You need to run it like mm. a business. You yes. You playing, you mastering guitar in your in your own rights is a guarantee. Now, how about the the business aspect? How about what what is the financial planning aspect? What is um your marketing aspect? What is your branding aspect? Do you even have a mailing list for for you playing the guitar, mailing it out to all your fans? Hey, you know, it's been three months. Uh, here's a new song, or like this could be a cover of like the 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 most recent Christmas Carol. Yep, like things like that. And I don't see people paying attention to that a lot. And it does make me a bit sad. And it does kind of then make me realize that there were reasons for some very talented individuals, namely in the music industry, because yep. I'm most familiar in this field, to then only end up being a a, a play someone playing in a bar or like a sessionist mm. when they could be doing so much better. Lah. And I think that's the that's the gripe, man. Like focus on everything else. Uh, in your peripherals as well. Don't don't neglect any of those aspects. It's it's a it's a lot of work, but hey, I mean, if it's not gonna be something, um, up your alley, then I don't know. Try like Prudential or something. Oh, <laughs> I, I, I think even the idea of if if something is valuable to you, ultimately at the end of the day, you will still find a way to it, lah. No matter yeah. how difficult it is, yeah, and how yeah. ridiculous the the path kind of looks. Okay, yeah. closing question for the night. Um, what in each of your opinion? Do you think music will sound like in the future? Oh. The future can be 20 years from now, 50 years, 100 years from now. What do you think music will sound like? You know, with, with the neural implant and everything, do you think we'll just I, be I'm, ones and zeros? I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the truth. Yeah. Music's going to be damn short in the future. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. going to be damn short. What do you mean short? I'm saying the next 20 years, right? Uh, maybe maybe not 20 years. I'll, I'll say it will gradually slow down, but I think maybe in the next 30 years, music will only be two minutes long. Mm. Okay, Jason calling it right now. Yeah, okay. verse, pre-chorus, chorus, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, end song. Is or this chorus, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, end. But that would be very easy to be the outlier then. You just do a four-minute track, seven-minute track. Yeah, but you're the outlier, but things no one wants to listen because everyone is used to two minutes. Oh, dear. Yeah, like, you know how now you write a seven-minute track, it's like, wow, what the fuck? People used to sit through whole orchestras, dude. True. Okay. <laughs> and yep. that was like 200 years ago. Yep. It's not that, actually, honestly, in the span of time, far. it's not that far off. Yep. It's like out, like just two generations, or uh, three generations back. Yep. So like like think about it. From three generations back, they used to sit for two hour symphonies. Now mm. we can't even sit still for thirty three minutes, dude. Mm. Like yeah, we're like squirming in our seats. Yeah, right we're now. like oh my god. Like last time 300, 360 minutes. Oh wow, it's mm. a fantastic, beautiful experience. Now it's like holy shit. Where's my phone? Yeah, I yep. need my phone. Yep. Three minutes, and then like you want to change song. Some people can't even last through the whole three minutes song. So Billy Eilish has said this before. Like she's the worst passenger because she'll play until the first chorus and she'll switch. Mm. <laughs> It's infuriating. Yeah. So like, and the thing is, I have friends like that, like who just, I fucking hate giving them the control of the car when I'm driving. Cause I like control of the phone, sorry. Or like the music. Cause they're like, play, play, play. Your car is nice, right? Okay, change song. I'm like, bro, I'm just. <laughs> so I, I see that happening already. I see the tension span dropping. I see like, okay, you know what? People are just going to go shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. I mean, like, like uh, the next test for me is to see how short I can push it. Hmm. Music. One of the things is like, I'm going to create songs that are really short. 
what what is your definition of show? Two minutes plus plus. Okay. Because oh. we did when we did when Jasmine did hurt, I was like, and then she was like, I need a bridge. I was like, no, you don't need. It's two minutes, thirty seconds. It will work. And he did. Mm. And it was like, that's just a trial and error thing. Yeah, I mean, like, I was like, and like, and she was like, she believed also that two minutes, thirty seconds work. She also had doubts, but like- So you kept going down, like- Yeah, like then minutes. tired, same concept. Also worked. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, by far tired just hit a million, million views on YouTube. $2,000. No, million views on YouTube, bro. Is that a lot? Yeah, that's a lot. Okay, like wonderful. Grand, I think. Oof, sweet. Yeah, it's way more better than, than fucking Spotify. <laughs> yeah, um, but like, like the the fact of the matter is like, uh, what I was trying to prove is that you know, like it's it's just a show of the times. I also would say in thirty years, me and MJ's jobs irrelevant. We won't yeah. exist. I will finally be able to retire in the zoo. I want yeah. to be a zookeeper. We were. Oh, I thought the exhibit. Sorry. You know, like uh, <laughs> fifty years ago, they had the telecom guys, yeah. like the operators. Yeah. That's our jobs in. What Why do you think it won't exist? Okay, look at the 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 next coming up of artists. Like like coming artist like artists coming up, they produce self produce, mm. produce down tracks. Like Jasmine self produces. Mm. I don't I don't honestly really only produce one of her tracks. Like like co produce even, but she writes everything herself. Yeah, but she writes everything herself and she does everything herself. And then the only thing she needs me for is vocal production, mix and master. But she doesn't need a producer anymore. She can self produce. She just and then like uh and the same is happening for the next generation. There's this girl called Shy, same concept, but this time she even makes a master herself. You know what I mean? Like, is it is going in that direction? Because the skills are very easily obtainable online. People have that interest. Maybe they they don't have a lot of responsibility. Yeah, it's not that expensive. Yeah, yeah, they just learn. Yeah, yeah do it. just learn and do it yourself. Ah, interesting. Like, you know what I mean? Like, whereas for like a producer, you gotta you gotta work with a lot of artists to get the skill set. Yep, the artists just need to work with themselves. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, they just need to record themselves. Oh, I'm trash. And <laughs> then like continue recording and fixing, and they can just do it anytime they want because yeah. they are their, their own trainer. Yeah. They just need to record themselves and that change their recording. Then they need to produce their own songs to change their production. Mm. Then they need to mix on the song for SoundCloud or what or Spotify or YouTube, which also change their mixing and mastering. Mm. So I would say like like maybe like if you look 20 years ago, the thing that you're even using to record us probably didn't exist. Like it didn't exist in this format. It was probably huge, bulky, mm-hmm. or like really expensive. 20 years later, like 2020. You can buy something that has four channels to record a podcast and that costs you maybe about $400. Yep. Right? Think about 20 years from now. You'll be like a phone, no? Yeah, so there is actually a phone version of uh, on the interface. It's called a POG one. It's actually a phone and a button. What? Yeah, it's just one button and it has two inputs. Mm. So you can record two mics with a phone and the only thing you do is the button like this. It's yeah, this size. It's literally this size. Smaller. The size of my yeah. iPhone. Yeah. It's that small. Yeah. And it's already happening. Yep. So I'm like, yeah, so it's going to get smaller and smaller. It's going to get more and more adapt, right? And people are going to get learn more and more. And the only reason why me and MJ will last 30 years is because we started first. Mm. Yeah. So like we will have the experience as the time progresses, but everyone new coming up now, I, I'm sorry, but they're in for like a really, really rough rider. Unless they find some way to innovate. Lo. Unless they find some way to innovate. Yeah. yeah. So they need to innovate. But like if they want to be like uh, us, I would straight away say, no, bro, our time is up. You cannot play our game anymore. Don't play our game already. Like, like you have to find your own game to play. Like maybe our game will have worked five years ago, 10 years ago. But we we are just so happens to be on, we're the last to our game. You know what I mean? Maybe the last of our of, of our kind, like uh, going forward. Because like, uh, it's gonna, it's just gonna get harder. Mm. I mean like, yeah, even as, as I produce also, right? Like I realized there are less and less people who need me. Mm. Because COVID has also done exactly what I predicted. Artists are getting their own fucking mics, recording it for at home, because they can't go to the studio because they don't want to get COVID. Yep. So that it's even progressive, even faster now. Yep. Because now you have the mic, right? Then you're like, oh, I can do this. Hey, why am I paying a studio for this? Mm. And the thing is, you're paying for the expertise and the gear and the equipment. You know what but I mean? With 
right amount of time, right amount of uh, yeah. consumption and right amount of awareness that can be learned. Yeah. So like for us, is what we can say is we have the gear, we have the expertise. But what about the, the a young 21-year-old kid? Yeah. And this age and day, if I was 21 and I started up producing now, I probably won't make it. Mm. Because no artist want to work with me. No, and then without an artist working with me, I won't get the training that I needed. The last I got the last six years, and I won't have the the skill sets that I developed over these last six years, All right? And yeah, I mean, like like that's that's just how music's gonna go. It's gonna be no more music producers, All right? Engineers will still be a part because everybody you you still need people to fix the gear, yep. right? So engineers will still be there. Uh, engineers are always be there because even if you're an artist, you fucking don't like dealing with all the electronics. Confirm yeah. one. Confirm. It's, it's different. It's engineering. It's engineering work. You will be like, bro, I just want to make music. I don't want to fucking like, like fix fucking gear for a living. Yep. So engineers confirm have a job. Um, yeah, but music, like producers like us will disappear within the next 30 years. So shorter music, extinction of uh, a particular segment of jobs within the music industry which is the producer job extinction yeah so MJ do you have something more positive or are you just (laughs) as depressed as Jason it's not depressing I think think I'll run with like this idea of innovation that you guys were just uh, discussing about earlier right that you know what I think the optimism on my part is that especially like right now I'm beginning to see more and more artists internationally, internationally, regionally, locally, that are pushing the envelope and trying to create a sound of their own. Um, it is very heartening to see something like that happen because, like you know, take, take things like uh, five anywhere between five years to two decades ago, uh, it was you know still groups of like people that uh, are trying to develop their own sound by replicating three three of their heroes. Yep. Yep. You know, um, but it seemed to me like that paradigm kind of shifted already with some of these new, uh, newer generation artists. Uh, you know, look no further than, you know, just now you you're talking about Billie Eilish, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I think she had a sound. Anyone that what becomes her sloppy second, and any other artist <laughs> that wants to tell me that my reference point is Billie Eilish, I'll tell her to fuck right off. Yeah. Uh, because no, you shouldn't be paying attention to that anymore. Yeah. Try, 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 try and push your own sound because everyone is doing that also already. I mean, I think locally speaking, we already have a couple of heroes like that. Jasmine Soko once again. I think Forrest, like, you know, mm, just a love math, it, yeah. math yes. rock band. Yeah. Right? They're not even like radio friendly, not necessarily radio friendly, but they they have their own sound. They shaped a, a, a culture, like a cultural climate for themselves. Yeah. That is, that is amazing. Um, and I can only wish them the very best, right? Uh, then it kind of so that kind of innovation, I I feel like I I'm beginning to witness happen more and more frequently, mm. and I'm hoping that in the time to come, these younger generations really kind of step up, be relentless, be fearless, push your own sound. If someone bites, someone bites. Uh, and if you just keep ha- hacking it down, I think you probably find like a like a an algorithm that works for you, lah, mm. and still keep your own sound, which is very cool. The next thing that I probably would talk about that I think um would be what's to come in the near future, kind of closely resemble a conversation that I had with a, a an editor from a creative agency. I, I don't want to name him out just yet. Like a journalist? No, editor. he is a video editor okay. in a creative agency. Yep. And he's, this creative agency is going through a little bit of a 
of a pickle. Okay. Because their creative directors, their copywriters are struggling with the idea that I have a traditional set of ways that I'm conceptualizing advertisement and branding. Yep. But here comes TikTok. Mm. He, and and TikTok isn't even like the groundbreaking thing that started it all. It was Vine at first. It yep. was cheap. Vine, Snapchat. Trashy, six second long like content yep. that pushed the narrative somehow. Um, they, are, they are currently, at this current time frame, we're at an impasse where uh, creativity has to decide on do I stick to the traditional route of something that is uh, dignified I guess in their own in their own mm. ways um, and or something that could mean you know getting Neo me Neo or some yeah hey hi <laughs> <laughs> uh, Neo me Neo to do like a six second trashy ass like, yep. like TikTok video just to promote like you know my favourite like freshly squeezed orange juice or something like that. Moving forward in the near future, I feel like whether you like to stick to what was the, the, what was the things that you were comfortable with as a process, you will find that you'll be hugely disappointed first of all. And yes, content are going to be shorter, will be more concise. People really don't have the attention span for it anymore. Um, Jason wants to talk about like two minute products, but like, who knows? Maybe it might just be like a eight bar product. It's just like me counting like one, two, three, four, two, two, three, four until eight, two, three, four, and that's it. Isn't it like forty five seconds? Could be lesser, like mm. depending on how fast that track is, because that's exactly like the kind of length that, at best, an IG video would be, an Instagram video would be, pushing it maybe IGTV, but yeah. yeah. Um. So I I think those are the two biggest like shift. In, in in music uh, uh, things that hopefully would sound a little bit more profound and unique and individualistic but also things that would be a bit more concise and shorter and not really like beating around the bush uh. yeah that's it alright and this has been a fantastic episode thank you for both of your time where can people find you guys uh, where should people tune in to the, the, the stuff that you guys make where can people uh, see Jason singing stuff like Ooh, that yeah. uh, all you need to go is go to IG at homegroundstudios.com actually homegroundstudios just it yeah so I'm tired I'm tired uh, yeah so like just go to IG go at homegroundstudios and you can find all our works there we post quite often we have and a we have a website ongoing as well it's www.homegroundstudios.com oh uh, yes and okay. that's about it and yeah. sign up to the mailing list do you guys have a mailing list in your you guys talk about mailing lists yeah, like five it's, times it's, during it's, this episode. It's, so. it's, it's, it's MJ's, MJ's it's, uh, jurisdiction. It's, it's, uh, it's a working process. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you for your time. Uh, thank you for sharing thank wisdom. You. Thanks very much. Woo! Thank you. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode and feel inspired. If you enjoyed what you heard thus far, do give us a follow on Instagram. And don't forget to share and subscribe. Stay tuned for the next episode.